We're about to light up season three of Drifter's Sympathy on Feral Audio. Episode one is called Dawn of Individuation, which rolls the clock back to right when you decide who you want to be and the kinds of early decisions that, for better or worse, completely mold the rest of the shape of your life. Episode two is going to be called Loner Legends, sort of an attempt to define who the underdog really is and their role in history and culture and art. Season three drops on October 23rd. This is Emil Amos. Check out Drifter Sympathy on feralaudio.com. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
So cool you're here. So cool that we're doing this sort of a, it's sort of a digital flanger effect. Thanks for being here on Twisting the Wind. It's a real special snappy day. I'm locked into the boys. I'm ready to bust my tours. I'm ready to break noise. I'm ready to break bread. I'm ready to bust heads. I'm ready to duck red. I'm ready to kill crack cocaine with my snap open new purchased b- b- brain. 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 Okay, let's get serious here for a minute now. Thanks for being here. This is Johnny Pemberton, the host of Twisting the Wind, coming at you, <laughs> coming at to you, uh, tooting at, at you. I'm tooting at your cum to where you got it. Uh, here on Twisting the Wind with Johnny Pemberton, I've said that so many times now, but I'm saying that because this episode I didn't preempt the singing over a looped soul song by Howard Tate. Uh, I didn't preempt it with the title or the introduction. I just sort of went into it, and that's okay. If you're here for the first time and you're disoriented, disoriented, or dis... You know, for I think for probably about 12 years I said disorientated. Maybe that's right. Honestly, right now, I don't know. If you want to email me with the, with the correct pronunciation of the word I just used, it is twistingthewind at gmail.com. Some people have been sending me emails through the website... My website, johnnypemberton.com, those do not go to me, so you know. They do not go to me. They go to me. They get routed to me eventually, maybe, but they don't go to me. So if you want to go to the podcast, it's twistingthewind at gmail.com. Okay. That being said, I didn't do that thing that I just said that I did that I did, but I didn't actually, so I don't even know what I'm talking about. It's okay. The light is modeled. It's being filtered through leaves that are photosynthesizing this, this stuff. And it's great. Thanks for being here. You are here right now. Even though it's the audio product, you technically are here. I say you're present. I'm standing up right now, leaning against a doorway, my right shoulder. I'm kind of like doing this akimbo thing. I got this weird stance. I've always had it. It's sort of like a, it's like a funky vertical relaxer. That's what I call it. That's, the, <laughs> that's a funky vertical relaxer, Jack. So... 
in oh Kevin did, did you just find I can't I don't I think these are paper towels they're not Kleenex so that's what happened all that being said, though, thanks for being here. I want, what, what this is right now, I'm trying to create an audio product that's essentially the same as a hot tub that you don't have to get out of. You know, it's got one, it's got a special, a spe- a special. it's got a special side shop that's like a shop where you can shop for your, you can shop for a spot that's in, okay, it's a little shop. Imagine if a hot tub had a sidecar. There was a shop that you, in that shop, you'd shop for the spot that you're currently in. So it'd be like buying a house, it's like living in a, it's like a shop for that's in your house that you own that you can buy the house that you own in that shop that's in that. So that makes sense? Doesn't. So imagine like a little door. I don't know if you've seen these things before, but there's these special tub apparatus for old people. So you can make your you can make a door in the tub so you can get in the tub because you're you're too frail to be uh, st- lifting a leg over the tub the gunnel <laughs> a gunnel is a actually if you see it written it sounds like gunwale but it's actually gunnel it's the sides of a canoe i learned that i think i'm about third grade and have never uh not thought about it since then so it's a great thing the gunnel so the gunnel the tub is too high for you to lift your geriatric uh pudding foot. <laughs> it's too high to lift your geriatric pudding foot into so you can get this apparati that allows you to swing open a door that uh, lets you enter the tub just with like a, a standard oh, a standard ancient shuffle step. And actually, I believe one of the very, very early episodes of this podcast, maybe something, I think pre-20s probably, I did call the company that sells these, this, these product, these product, these data. These data will go on to show that the man with the marketing badge and the, sh- and the shimmy coat who came in through the, 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 the cart carrying apparatus, these data will find him guilty of the charges that he's been presented to him today. So these, ap- these data, these apparatus, I called that apparatus once in the podcast. So I would say if you're an archivist or an archivist, either way, how you slice it, when you say it out your mouth, uh, cut 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 tunnel that wasn't a stutter but it could have been uh you can check back and dive into that delta dream if you want to do a touchdown in that city but otherwise um this that's what this podcast is it's that little door so you're in a hot tub right the hot tub is too hot you can be in it for about 10 minutes and you're like oh this is too hot i want to get out but i don't want to get out into the blazing windy cold on this rooftop that i live in where my tub hot it my hot tub's at so, what this does is a special laser door. You know, have you ever been through a laser door or a laser gate where the laser gate allows you to pass through, but it doesn't touch you? Well, you don't have to deal with like a TSA touch or anything. It's like that, like magnets. You know how magnets work when they, they grab stuff together with the invisible force of their own force? It's kind of like that. It's like a side shot, a side, it's like a, like a, a side shot uh, invisible laser gate that keeps the made of water pressure jets. It's pressure tech. It's, it's a pressure tech water jet that allows you to side sidestep into a little personal zone spot that is filled with a, a, a about a twenty degree or ten degree cooler water. So you don't have to get out of the hot tub. You can stay in that hot tub. And not having to, without not having to get wet, so you can stay, you can get shriveled as fuck, get those ears shriveled up, and that then stay in the wetness and not have to get out. I personally like to get out. I'll, I'll put the hands out and the feet out. Maybe grab onto a pipe. If you grab onto a pipe with your hands, what will happen is your the heat that's in your body will 
radiate conductivity wise through your hands on that cold pipe. And so you grab that pipe. Uh, can you tell I'm really enjoying saying the word pipe in that way where you go, pipe? Hey, uh, how much for this pipe? <laughs> so that's what we're dealing with today. Uh, if you didn't, that was me basically spending a lot of time using a lot of words to describe a, an audio product that I'm likening to a hot tub that allows you to stay in it for a while because it has a zone that is cool enough so it's sustainable. Okay, pretty good. And mark it. Microphone check, 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 microphone check. It was a good one. I like that sound. So thanks for being here and twisting the wind. Thanks for being, thanks for bearing with that long uh, metaphor that doesn't make sense at all. Uh, if you like the podcast, please feel free to rate and review it. Uh, you do that on iTunes, I think. You can do it on Stitcher. I don't know. There's all sorts of ways to do it. I think iTunes is the one people prefer. Got a lot of really good reviews in there. I love them. I love reading them. Some of those are just, I, I mean, this happens. Okay, this is what happens. There's all kinds of, th- I've done so. I've done a lot of different things, right? I've been in some films, been in some TV shows that people like and stuff that aren't necessarily, you know, I'm a part of that thing, right? But when I meet somebody in the field, in the engagement source ponds of the world known as public I meet somebody after a show before a show in the midst of a show and they're like hey hey man hey man hey man I like twisting the wind I'm instantly I'm your attention you have my attention instantly and I'm like oh wow thank thanks you 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 wow what a thing because that's I put a lot of energy in a lot of different places but this is the place where if you're down with this then I I don't know I've got nothing I've got no quarrel I trust you with my kids I don't have them I feel like uh, there's not a lot there can't be that much wrong with you <laughs> and what a selfish what a selfish thing to say right like hey if you if you like my uh, my audio product then that means you're super great it's kind of a selfish it is a truly selfish thing to say but I don't think it's a negative selfish thing so much I just feel like that this, these sort of things are something where if you're enjoying it you're really enjoying the uh, a pure a pure product right <laughs> uh, it just sounds like drugs whatever but either way Thank you for rating and reviewing it. Uh, it really means a lot. It means so much. It's just like a, it really just makes this thing, this gamma ray, shoot out harder and faster across the universe, even though time is doesn't really exist. Or it exists the same way that um, air, well, it just doesn't exist in the way we think it does, right? Isn't that true? So uh, thanks for rating and reviewing. And uh, please also spread the word of the podcast. If you have friends, if you have people who are interested in things, that are interesting, tell them about it. You know, it's okay. I don't mind. I don't mind at all. I love, I want to want to get this blown out. So I want to have it where we can uh, I can travel to your town and we can have a nice big thick full like minded audience ready for novelty and explosions and sounds and just it's flanging and just things that are that are they're interested in smiling about eating like like when you have a corn on the cob that's just that perfect temperature and you've salted it and you've buttered it and maybe you've even put a little bit of that um that tahine on there it's a mexican thing that's not candy look it up t i G-I-N, something like Tahin, T-A-G-I-N, J-T-A-J-I-N. Either way, 
it's not a candy. Um, but it's good on corn. So I want it to be like that, where you got those, you got that big stack of corn on the cob, and your teeth work great, and you don't care if we get something stuck in there if they don't work great, and that's the perfect temperature for eating, and you just dive in, you just do that little ching you know, you typewrite in it, you just do, you just get those teeth across that corn cob, and you just, you just plow into it. That's what I want it to be, <laughs> be like, okay? So thanks for that. Thank you so much for all that stuff and uh, just just dipping in so deep, so deep and regular and all that, all that stuff. Uh, I'd like to make an announcement here. I will be next week. I'll be in Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma, great town as part of the Blue Whale Comedy Festival. I believe that's the 18th of June Come far and wide. A lot of great comedians are going to be there. I'm going to be doing a live Bone Zone with Brendan Walsh and Randy Litke. So you know that's at least minimum worth a six-hour drive if you're far away. I mean, I'm telling you, it's going to be a fucking blaster. A straight-up goddamn Cuddy Ranks tenor saw blaster. Guaranteed. Uh, then after that, I'm embarking on a tour with Josh Fadum, who also will be at the Blue Whale Comedy Festival. We're parking on this little miniature tour we call the Desert Touch. It's a Summer Boys Do It Part 2, Desert Touch, where we'll be going to uh, Phoenix. We'll be going to... Uh, well, first we're going to Norman, Oklahoma. We're going there, I believe, on the 20th. And then we're going to... Um, then we're going. To, sorry, we're going to. We're playing Norman, Oklahoma, on the twenty-first, I believe, at Opolis. Then we are playing in Albuquerque, New Mexico, at a venue called Imbibe. Then we. And that's the twenty-second. Then we're playing in the twenty-third in Phoenix, Arizona, at a place called Valley Bar. Okay, twenty-third. Then we're playing in Tucson, Arizona, on the twenty-fourth at a venue called Flycatcher. Okay, did you get all that? Norman, Oklahoma. Tulsa, Oklahoma, Normal, Oklahoma, Albuquerque, New Mexico, Phoenix, Arizona, Tucson, Arizona. Those are all cities that I will be doing a co-headlining tour. That means we're both headlining with my dear friend Josh Fadum. Come see us. They're going to be fun. We did a tour last year in the Midwest. We all went all the way from Milwaukee through Chicago, all the way, wiggled down all the way to Texas. And it was outstanding. People came out in droves, and it was just like the best. We had such a good time. It was exhausting, but it was rewarding, and it was really fun. Um, I, Josh Fadum is literally my favorite comedian. Um, he's hilarious. So it'll be, even if I somehow managed to find a way to shit the bed in the metaphorical sense, I'll probably be literally shitting the bed in the literal sense sometimes. But if I find a way to metaphorically shit it, Josh will be there to explode like a, a paintbrush filled with explosions. So, so please join us in those places on those dates with with yourselves and your friends and just ready ready to to soak it up okay otherwise that's about all i got for you right now you know that's <laughs> guess that's about it that's about it really pretty much right there it's a uh, it's daytime this is a great episode I have a great guest you may recognize him as being of the name jay weingarten Real sweetheart. He's just a, he, you know, he's made of the, if the devil's brew and the angel's ambrosia came together 
and a pot, and it was a pressure cooker, and it was actually being used to cook something under pressure, not to fill up with bombs to try to kill people, it would be Jay Weingarten. It's the pressure cooking version of Devil and this God and the Devil. God and the Devil came together, and they made this sweet little Jewish boy, and I just... <laughs> I like it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to see if this guy can call me here real quick now. Otherwise, thanks for listening uh, and doing all the things you've been doing, and just keep it up. Okay. And also, I have to say this. I don't have to say this, but I'm going to say this. Keep on visiting the feralaudio.com website and clicking on Twisting the Wind site and shopping on the Amazon portal. That actually does help. I know it doesn't seem like it, but uh, you buy a lot of shit from Amazon if you're like me because it works. You got that, got that brother printer toner because you realize a laser printer is the way to go these days. And you buy that on Amazon, it gets sent to you. So go through Feral Audio, and it helps Feral Audio out. It helps. It specifically will help out Twisting the Wind if you go through the Twisting the Wind page. And uh, it's, like, it's like the donation you don't have to make, but you're doing a donation, okay? Do it. Also, listen to Scott Carrier's podcast, Home of the Brave. It's amazing. That's a quick little thing. I'm going to try to get Scott on the podcast at some point. Basically one of the most interesting journalists alive. And in the meantime... Uh, I Thank you for holding. My name is Michael. Can you start by getting your name? Hi, my name is Kevin. Hi, I'm Kevin. How's your day going? Oh, it's pretty sweet. Kevin, the reason you got a call is actually you've been qualified to get your business on the front page of Google, Yahoo, and Bing. But I just need to ask you a question to see what package best fits you. Um, why are you business? Are you the business owner? Oh, hell yeah. Which business are you calling about? I have a couple things that going on. Okay, hold on. Yeah, I can pull it up. Yeah. I got your number right now for me. Poo-poo smells. I got exampoyers.com. What's so, it called? Exampoyers.com. That's what the your business number came up under. Examplayers.com? Oh, I know what that is. Okay, that's that's a that's a venue we have managing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, they put, they put you that. Yeah, that's weird. How how did that happen? I have no idea. I want to put you on there. I don't know. Well, I definitely would love to do I it. Mean, <laughs> I don't know if you you know you know where your ranking is at when it comes to Google for oh. your business. I don't know. I'm definitely not on the front page of Google. I've been. Tr- I keep emailing them, asking them if I can be take over the the animation. Be that you know how the word Google they they make it look different for different special days. Yeah. Yeah. I've been asking them if they can. If they can I want to have my name and my business be inside the word Google, like it's animated in there. Are you serious? Like, uh, that's a lot. That's great. Yeah. I mean, that, that's why just depending on the exposure that you want. And, you know, it really depends. You know, if we have contractors, construction workers, they like to do, you know, multiple cities because if they're on the front page, when anybody types in construction work, then 
being like that, you know, of course, it's, it's going to be a business. If you're just a mom and pop burger shop, then you, you only want like a couple cities, you know? Yeah, but I want a lot. I want to get as much exposure as possible. Most exposure? Yeah, I want to get much... packages older, or... Yeah, go ahead, sir. I want to get much exposure as possible. Okay, no problem. Um, our ultimate package that we offer is 20 cities. Oh, man. Uh, it's, from, it's a 50-mile radius. Whoa. So, you, like, from where your business is at, uh, where your business is located at, then, you know, you can pick, you can actually target the most populated, you know, cities so that you can get on the front page when anybody's typing in. We get you on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Plus, Yelp, Image SEO. We put you on all major directories. Wow. You get 24-7 access to your ranking reports. Wow. You know, uh, that's so cool, it's boring, you know what I mean? It's like so much stuff, it's boring. More exposure. Yeah, I want exposure. I want lots of exposure. Yeah, you also get, we also send out blogs. Oh, I You send out blogs? In, in the local, yeah. Okay, because I've been trying to figure out how to send out blogs. I don't know how to, I can't figure it out. That's exactly what I've been needing. I keep asking everybody about how do you send out blogs, how do you send out blogs? How do you send out blogs? But no one really knows how to do that around here. So this is exactly what I need. is email blasters and the ability to send out blogs. You know, instead of having to, like, you know, uh, go buy flyers or, or having a guy out there at the corner with a sign. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. Especially if you want good exposure. If you want good exposure, those guys often have a poo-poo smell and they will make people go away. You don't notice that? Because here's, here's the thing. If you can hire somebody who has the time to stand out on the street with a sign, chances are they have a poo-poo smell about them, and they're gonna people will get close and like, oh, what's what's on that sign? Oh, that smells not good because this person's a person who's probably on drugs. So you don't want that. You want the, yeah, you want to send out those blogs. That's always the best way, sending out blogs. Mm -hmm. I'm all about so sending out blogs. We, we get, yep. And you get all this in the package. Um, the Apex, the Apex is, you know, it's kind of pricey, uh, but, I mean, it just depends on what you're looking for. I can get you set up today. Uh, that's actually four ninety nine a month. Okay, $4.99. Oh, $500, not $4.99? Yeah, $4.99, $499 okay how come you don't make it just 500 but the blogs and everything that's uh 299 okay because i'm all about the blogs i'm all about exposure i'm all about visibility because if you well i have a friend he runs <clears throat> three restaurants they're different names but the same food he runs one and he talks about how visibility for his restaurant is so important that he can't spend enough money on it. He can make all the money he gets and take it and put it into sending out blogs and exposure and visibility. And even then, it all comes back. It's like the whatever you put out there comes back again like a boomerang. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the way it works because, you know, you're going to get those customers coming back. But not only that, let's say whatever money you're spending on marketing, at the end of the year when you do your taxes, you get those receipts. Then you're gonna you're gonna cut even because you're gonna get your your you know your return because that's money you're putting into your business. Yeah, you don't have to pay taxes on that. I don't I don't pay taxes ever actually. So it's I just you know you don't you don't have to do that. You know that there's a loophole in the Constitution 
that says, if you read the Constitution with in a way that was written by the people who did it, they say you don't have to pay taxes. That's just sort of a thing you can do. The government's not allowed to make you do that. It's a fact. So oh, wow. I can there teach you, you. I can teach you about it. I have a new business. I'm teaching people about that, and uh, you can call anytime, and I can set you up with an appointment to learn about how you don't have to do that. Okay, well let's let's get these blogs sent out. Well, I'm gonna send them, we're gonna get we're gonna get talking about this blog sending out stuff, and we're gonna make it happen. We're gonna just drop it in the pipe and smoke it and blast it out like a potato. Okay, no problem. Give me a call when you want to you know, okay. definitely set you up. Let's set it up because I don't want these poo smell folk hanging around. My business bringing it down when I'm looking for exposures. Exactly, sir. <laughs> 100%. 1,000%, actually. If you can afford 1,000%, always go with 1,000%. People act like 100% is all yep. you can do. You can do more than that. Exactly. I knew a dog that had cancer once, and what it did, this dog was so smart, he decided he's just going to keep barking. And this dog barked for 36 hours straight. Guess what happened to that cancer? It disappeared because he barked it away by going past. People say the bar dog can't bark more than an hour straight. That's why they do that. But this dog barked for 36 hours straight. That's 300,600% of what it is. And so he did it more. And that's a, that's the nature of a dog that humans don't understand is that we live on a, a plane. That is, you can exist further on than you can. Like the same as with uh, atoms and particles and stuff. Well, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to have? Are you you said you guys having lunch there yet or what? Yeah, we have our lunch at, uh, like coming up soon at 12.30 because I'm up Pacific time, Southern California, our base out of. Oh, God. What, what do you typically do for lunch? Go to the nearest place to eat. <laughs> oh, what, what's the nearest? Oh, like, what's the... Oh, a hamburger place? Oh, pizza. Doesn't that slow you down, though, having all that cheese inside you? Well, I mean, it is cheap, you know. If I wanted to go on Subway or something like that, then it's a little expensive, you know. Subway's, bucks. Subway's cheap. In California? Yeah. Where, where, where are you based out of? Bakersfield. That's Scubway? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's expensive. Wow. Are you getting that avocado no, add on there or something? No, I even, I even get like, you know, the key menu. It's expensive. I'm like, that's why I don't go there. I, I, I know it's, it's hard to admit, but like one McDonald's paying six bucks for, you know, large fry, two, uh, two burgers and, and, and a Coke. Yeah. It's a lot better than that. I guess so, but the thing is, is you get what you pay for, you know what I mean? Yeah, because you're, you're gonna get like uh, you, you don't feel good after you eat that. Let's put it that way. No, <laughs> they know that too. Yeah. You feel bad and good at the same mm -hmm. time. It's an investment in your body yeah, and your like, mind. Yep, yep. You don't Definitely feel good. Not. I tell you, hey, believe me, if I could afford you know eating, eating like good stuff all the time, you know, steak and lobster or whatever, believe me, I I, I would or, or or eating the good stuff that you know like a salad. Yeah. Good. There you go, man. Hook that up for yourself. You deserve it. Yeah. 
Hot smoke and sassafras. How's this? How does your voice sound to you? Um, I don't know. Do you enjoy it? No. No? You what, don't? Do you, you enjoy the sound of your voice? I thought most people don't. That's like everyone does. Really? I don't know. I find that I, I, uh, I feel like I like what I can do with my voice. I like the things that are like, oh, I can make it sound like this. Or I can make it sound like this. Or I can make it sound like Well, yeah, you're like skilled. That. You're, <laughs> that's you skilled. have voice skills. That's me just fucking, <laughs> that's because I've been fucking around like this forever. That's all it is. Yeah, I'm straight As a goofing. kid, you were just looking in the mirror and saying, oh. making faces and noises, and now yeah. you're a professional comedian. You didn't do that? You didn't look in the mirror? No, I noises? definitely did. But I, yeah. I don't have the ability, I don't have the genetics to let my to voice what? dance and play like I see you yours do, you know? I guess so. I don't know if it's genetics. I don't think it is. There's just I like an like iTunes visualization, you know, that can just voice. go in all these different directions, and mine's just like the the machine at the hospital that's like boop <laughs> it's so monitor i can't do anything you could try it you could try uh mixing it up i guess you're right i should break out of my comfort zone a bit yeah it's important as a performer i guess it is i think it's always good to i think dynamic range is a is a is a big is a big thing in terms of uh performance goes yeah well yeah. i think you're you're one of the most like spontaneous and natural performers well, of any comedian in you. the scene man i think it's really inspiring to watch you, and I I feel like, you know, I hope at some point in my journey I can be, <laughs> feel as free as you appeared. To well, me. you know, I think maybe you could say it's all it is. Like you say, it's an appearance thing because I think there's a lot of people who could see it, say the I could say that of too, and mm-hmm. vice versa. It's like a thing where it's just sometimes uh, people seem one way than, than how they actually are. That's or true. That's how. Yeah. But you see, I mean, you're just so, um, I don't know, you, you almost play on stage, which is you got cool. To. You Not got a lot to of people play. do that, though. Yeah, a lot of people don't. And it's so hard it's to watch sad. them multiple days in a row or multiple days in a week or whatever, yeah. and you're just like, uh. I don't know. I think uh, you got to play with it, though. Isn't like, there's some quote that's, um, to play is the most radical thing you can do. <laughs> <laughs> Who said think, that? I don't know. It's probably some, some like, Michael Indi- Jackson. Probably some Indian philosopher or some <laughs> crap. Yeah. I bet, because it seems like, if you think about it, because playing is kind of radical, because it's basically saying, oh, I'm not taking any of your shit seriously. Yeah. <laughs> like, to not take uh, things seriously, especially, like, anything involving, like, uh, governmental restrictions or something like that. Like, to do, like, I'm going to be silly and play in the face of um this t- stuff you're supposed to be. We're supposed to be serious about this. You're not taking this seriously. <laughs> yeah. It's always funny to me, stuff, the idea of taking something seriously. You but, can't laugh at yourself. You can't laugh at society exactly you have to be the first person to go down the trench of your own body face uh yeah we've successfully worked out the intro here just by talking but i'm gonna introduce you as jay weingarten also known as uh jason soundgarten <laughs> do you ever go by That's jason correct. jason soundgarten jason soundgarten <laughs> jason soundgarten that's a great name man. jason soundgarden <laughs> i go by jay blazecom jay blazecom are you serious yeah that's a good one jay blazecom yeah because <laughs> it's like wine garden it's just uh you know that was what my ancestors did they garden they were wine yeah, makers in, in germany they were probably growing grapes and weingarten yeah weingarten jay <laughs> weingarten hello <laughs> 
That's what they were. They had a whole different life. They did. And, Do you know uh, much about the ancestors? No, but I when I was I, I was taking a train through Germany, right? And there was a sign out the window that said Weingarten. Right. How cool is that? I was like in yeah. a daze, you know. I, I was exhausted, exhausted. You know how oh. road trips can. Yeah, you? you're. A, I had one when you saw that, and it was like a it was like a sight for sore eyes. Would you say? Oh, absolutely, a sight yeah. for sore eyes. No, and then it was it was cool. I I Wikipedia'd it, and there's a city. There's a University of Weingarten, right? And I want to get like a Weingarten like football team, you know, like yeah. go Weingarten, you know. Go Weingarten, go <laughs> schnell, schnell. Does that mean faster? In German, I think yeah, it does. I think so. Like everything I knew, I know about German is I learned from learning about the Holocaust in sixth grade. Oh. I was really into Holocaust, man. I was into that shit. You know, I saw like a few days ago in India they're selling Hitler ice cream. It's like. Really? Yeah, like widespread throughout the entire country. There's some weird thing over there. I saw that on the John Oliver show the other oh, day really? about in Thailand. I think this is an old episode of it, but they were talking about how in Thailand there's all this as obsession with Hitler, but mm. it's this weird sort of novelty thing. Like they put him on like kids in t-shirts and it's something yeah. where Hitler's uh it's so the idea of him is so removed. Yeah. It's like a novelty. The idea of this guy. He's the he's like, he's just an angry guy. <laughs> he's an angry guy. It's like Psy. Like yeah. Opa, it's instead of like or angry birds. Yeah. It's like, well, kids Hitler. aren't really into that stuff anymore. So I got yeah. Hitler. That's fresh branding. It's so weird how that's the case over there. But I this, guess that's interesting because novelty can be uh, you know, good or bad. I mean, yeah. it's generally associated with positivity, but Sometimes you could take a, an old symbol that right. is one of the worst things ever. And because there's so many layers now, maybe it's possible to make can it. use it for joy. I don't know. There's a lot of people trying to bring back the swastika to make it a legitimate thing because it used to be Peace. completely legitimate. Yeah, it was like a, it's a Buddhist symbol, right? Yeah. I mean, so. everywhere. I, I actually just came back from India a right. couple months ago and it's everywhere. I mean, it is the, everywhere. Sun, the, the swastika. Yeah, you see a hundred swastikas a day. Really? But you see, you see them in a different format though, right? It's not like the, yeah, it's, it's like thinner it's not white on red. Or yeah, definitely the, not yeah. those colors, but it's, uh, it's thinner. It's, it's a skinny swastika. Yeah. <laughs> a thostika. How long are you in India for? Uh, like about two weeks, a little over two, two weeks. weeks. So yeah. you just kind of did a spur of the moment trip there. Yeah, it was quick. Um, how, how how far in advance did you decide to buy tickets to go? Maybe like a month in advance. A month? Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty spur as far as a. Uh, yeah, but it was so cheap, man. Like how much was I it? I got round trip a round trip flight from Los Angeles, uh, for I think eight hundred and fifty dollars. That's pretty cheap. I think I flew to Minnesota for Christmas once that caught and it cost more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's crazy cheap. I don't know if it still is, but it was. Yeah. So it was like a no brainer, you know. So you went to India for two weeks, and um, where did you go there? Uh, I went to the north, like all the way up to the base of the Himalayas, and Holy starting shit. in. Uh, What's it called up there? Like, well, I went to like Rishikesh. Rishikesh. You know? I don't yeah. know. I know almost nothing of India. I really don't. I know Dude, like you would love it, man. All I know is that there's some um, curry from. Uh, I think it's from. It's not from India technically. It's from what's the neighboring country to the north that it's mountainous and has a lot of a larger Muslim population. In Pakistan. Pakistan, or isn't there another country nearby oh, there? the other side? Maybe uh, it is Pakistan. I think it's Pakistan. I have Pakistani mm -hmm. food, yeah. and it was like the best thing I've ever had. It's different. because You like, know, yeah, I think I've only had Pakistani uh, food like once, and it was great, though. I remember it being great. Isn't most Indian food that we have in America, 
is not, is from Southern India or where is it? I What's, think so. Yeah, I think a lot of it's Southern. Yeah. Like, there were a lot of Southern Indian specialty restaurants. What kind of stuff did Northern. you? What did you have there? Uh, I mean, just like a ton of cheese. Like, a ton I mean, of cheese. I'm gonna call it zatar or something yeah. like that. It's like very, it's like very salty and very white, right? Yeah, paneer. Paneer. Squares. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And just oh, tons man, of those that. Are, those, they eat a lot of fucking cheese over yeah. there. Just big hunks of white cheese. <laughs> a lot of cheese, man. I don't get that. Just like, there's so much well, cheese. Well, because there's just, you can't eat beef. Yeah, they're all vegetarians, like the right? same way to, well, they eat like chicken and stuff okay. a lot, I think, but nobody eats beef because there's right. cows everywhere. But yeah, man. It's, I mean, it's a, a vegetarian's paradise. I bet. Are you a vegetarian? Uh, yeah, well, I eat fish, but I, okay. I don't eat any meat, so it was really... It was I've experimented. Just, yeah. I've dabbled, I've dipped. Yeah. I've I've gone into it, but I never It took liked. me a, it took me a little bit. It, that's how it usually goes for me like Yeah. One day I'll just wake up the veg, you know, a vegetarian or pescatarian or whatever. Right. Like it doesn't I don't know. Yeah, I think it's cool to like just take baby steps and Yeah, it's you don't need to rush. It's definitely something that I feel like is a would be a good thing to do, but I have never done it because I do, I do it in spurts, but it's something where I just have weird dietary things so I like to do it, it's difficult for me, but yeah, for sure. I think if I was in India, you kind of ha- end up having to, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's much easier, and there's just so many amazing dishes that are that are not meat based. So you right. kind of realize that it's very doable, and um, you can make those things in America too. You know, cheese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when you first got there, what was your experience like? Where did you land? Uh, New Delhi, right? And- it, that city is just crazy. I mean, it's, it's madness, like, right? It's pure. Yeah, it's out of control. So when you get off the pl- so you get off the plane and you go through the airport, is the airport immediately? Do you feel like you're in a third world country or just a, no? The airport was pretty nice. Pretty nice. Okay, it's called like Gandhi Airport, but okay. um, I guess he he must have done pretty well, sent over a good donation or something. It, yeah, it was really clean and yeah. But as soon as you walk out, you know, it's crazy. Is it There's, honking? Lots oh yeah, it's just so loud. Like you can't even talk to the person next. Are to you. you serious? I mean, it's just crazy. Why is it so loud? It's like, so it's like because a everybody's honking constantly. Yeah, everyone's honking all the time on the street. People are, you know, very loud. There's just too like too many people. Right. Everyone's on top of each other. Jesus. And yeah, I, I mean, well, the honking is like part of the communication. You honk instead of like putting your turn signal on. Or whatever. Were you by yourself? Uh, no, I, I met my girlfriend out so, there. So you, how did so at this point you're outside of the. Leaving the airport, do you know what you have to do? Like, what do you what do you have to do at this point? This is what always gets me because I've never traveled someplace that's that third world without being with other people yeah. or have like someone who's there who I'm just I'm just gonna follow this person so I don't have to worry about anything because right. it's just super. It can be yeah. You went to scary Abu Dhabi or yeah, I went to Dubai. Yeah, Dubai and those those places are boring as shit. Yeah, Even like Bahrain was the most interesting and Bahrain was like. Just a touch of dirt. <laughs> I mean, yeah. just like a little bit. You could have been in some some small town Midwestern airport, and it would have been felt not that well. I guess that's not not quite the case. It was definitely yeah, but definitely it was it was gritty and more like uh, I was a little more worried at customs about having a a problem with uh, communication. But you know, what like, kind of problems? You know, somewhere it's like. Who are you? Oh, you're a comedian. What does this mean? Oh, I see. We can't let you in. You have to sit, wait here for three hours because right. of some sort of like, just getting stuck in a place where I have to shit my pants. Were the shows <laughs> I mean, good though? The shows were weird. The shows are hard to describe. Some of them were really good, but all of them, uh, there's no, none of them were great mm-hmm. and none of them were 
terrible like heckling or bad audiences. They were just people who were uninterested or <laughs> just sort of politely polite slash confused. So just sort yeah. of there like, oh, okay. Um, I think I that's that's uh, funny. Good. I'll, I'll smile. <laughs> a lot of smiles. A lot of smiling. Staring. And it's a, like a real uh, diverse group of people to the point where it's like, I think I realized this on the way back that for the most part, comedy is something that brings people together, right? It's like mm -hmm. a, it's a thing where you laugh because that's what that's what like studies say about it. you. People laugh because it it shows a it's like an empathetic response or something. The effect it shows you're not. It shows uh, we're safe. I think safe right? it also shows you're not gonna. Um, what is it? Um, you're not a threat. That's why people yeah. who are always like when they encounter someone of authority, they, <laughs> that's exactly. probably because you laugh because you're showing. I'm not a threat. I'm just. I'm just this guy. I'm laughing. I'm fine. I'm not going to hurt you. Exactly. And so I think, but the problem is, is those people. Some of these shows were such, such a diverse group that they didn't have any cohesion to laugh together. Right. So it just was this thing where they're just they're not really comfortable enough to laugh because it's impossible as a comedian to get them all comfortable. The only thing that always worked, that mm. always worked, without a, without fail, to the Riffs? to the extent. Uh, not riffs and not not puns and not think quips. Riffs would be a good way to go. Any type of crowd work, any type of direct crowd yeah. work at all, guaranteed killing. Yeah, like you don't have to. Say, all you have to say is like, okay, let's say there'll be a bald man sitting in the audience. Yeah. You know, well, this guy, he's bald. <laughs> and, and it'll be ha ha ha. Uh, I bet you uh you own a lot of hats. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this woman, uh, you, you got pretty long hair. Maybe you should put your hair up. Ha ha ha. I mean, it just. That's fantastic. I mean, that's crazy. A, that is great comedy, and it's also the most pure, right? It's so basic. I suppose it's also like <laughs> it's the most pure, but it's also the most. Uh, I don't know. It's the lowest. You know what I well, mean? Well, yeah. It's like the most base. But everyone, no matter who you are, whether you're the bald guy or the, yeah. the woman with a lot of hair, you can understand it. Right. And that's what brought them together, you know? It brought them together because it's something where it's so in the moment and you're basically acknowledging something that we, well, we all, we have all come here right now and we all have eyes and we can all hear. Exactly. For the most part, if you're at a comedy show, you can probably see and you can probably hear. Yeah. <laughs> like those two things. 99% of people. Can see and hear. And so if you just acknowledge anything that uses seeing or hearing, you're probably, they're going to be, there's like that dissipation laughter <laughs> that happens. And oh, that's the, it just become one of those things where this is ridiculous. That's but, so great I mean, though, was, man. I wish I could have witnessed that. That sounds like a you fun. You could probably go do that same tour. I don't know. I, I don't do know they what, let Jews into those countries? They absolutely do. They do? That's yeah. not a problem? Those places are... Those cool. are like the only places I'm kind of scared Yeah. I mean, I guess because I'm like as white as they get. Yeah. So I just don't time, know if they would like see my... Because I think I have like Israel stamped on my passport. I'm like, yeah, is that going to get know. weird? I mean, Dubai doesn't give a shit about anything but status and money. So they don't care about... Yeah. They could care less about who you are. Uh, cool. I'd say Qatar is probably the same way. They're more super, much more conservative, but they're still just a bunch of status-seeking assholes who. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So both sound great. Yeah, it's just like a status factory. It's all shit <laughs> is. It's who has the most. I have status. Look at my money. Look at my status. <laughs> I would like extra status with this order of food, please. I think status, the place status. that I've seen that most in the United States is. Uh, you went to college in Florida, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you ever go to South Beach, Miami? I actually never went to Miami for a reason. Yeah, because it's so I like I met that. so many people from Miami who used to preface everything they'd say with, so I'm from Miami. Yeah, yeah. So like, if, okay, so, so, so like, professor, um, you just, you did us homework, right? 
Okay, so like in Miami, typically we do a, <laughs> we don't do a homework on a weekend because it's like we gotta do a party. Right. So like I'm from Miami, so like we probably would get like beans that would be super cheap but really good. <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit like that. I feel like Miami and maybe New York are the two yeah. places where people have to insert it. I think status is pretty here, pretty big in LA too. Yeah, that's true. Like in the West Side, maybe like, just places I don't go that often. It's because... also an Asian community. Status oh, really? is big. Like. Think about like like Korean Koreans in America and stuff. Uh-huh. That's like a big thing. You have to have status. Like you have to have a clean car. You have to have a nice car. You gotta have you two have to have plus a, billion views on two plus billion views. You have to have, <laughs> a, good, you have, to have a good job. You have yeah. to have a job that's a, a good job. You have to be right. There's a lot of Asian countries where that's a big deal, right? Like I having, think that was a big deal for status. Jews for a while too. Status. Yeah, I think probably back in like the 60s or 70s. Yeah, it probably was because Jews you had were a, newer. I mean, I guess stat when Jews were newer. Well, you know what I mean. Like American Jews. Yeah, it was like more of a exotic or something. Did your parents, uh, where did they grow up? Uh, my dad grew up in Malibu. In Malibu? My mom grew up in the Valley. Okay. <laughs> Classic LA couple. What about their parents? Uh, New York. New York. Yeah, so they're York like people. hardcore New York Jews? Yeah. Uh, like, like Boston skulls? They got real intense New York gangsters? <laughs> Do you, have no. New, do you have New York? Do you have Jewish gangsters in your family? No, no, I don't think so. They, know, they that'd just be so have cool, man. Accents. The Jewish gangsters are always the hardest ones. Those yeah. are the ones who are like, oh, you did the worst, the hardest, most hardcore thing. <laughs> yeah, like they're so much harder the than the ones. The bear Jew and in, Inglorious Bastards. He like hit people with a baseball bat. Oh yeah, I forgot about that movie. But yeah, they're yeah, fucking, check it out. Check it out, Inglorious Bastards, <laughs> spelled wrong on purpose. Yeah, spelled wrong by Tarantino on purpose. <laughs> Did so a, we'll say his name a little different. On purpose, misspellers. Did you hear that voice work? I whispered. Yeah, see? That's <laughs> what I'm talking about, man. I can you do just, it. You can. Anyone can do it. It's all about just finding the play. <laughs> now that's pushing it, mister. Broadway. I envy people like that, like Streisand, like anyone who can... Can bust it out? Yeah. That's a beautiful thing to have oh, at yeah. the disposal. Like Harry Nelson or something? Yeah. Sometimes I listen to him, I'm like, wow, his voice is so good. It's like, if you, see, you ever see like a, like a very beautiful person, mm. like some of those men on Game of Thrones, yeah. like, I know that they just walk through, <laughs> like he walks, like if Theon Greyjoy walks into a coffee shop, there's just, people sort of stop and be like, um, can, I, can I give you something for free? Right. You know what I mean? Because he has like such a striking person he's such a striking look yeah but you wouldn't you wouldn't want to have that in your life would you would i mean it's like, a, it, it is a superpower but yeah i don't know if that would be that fun kind of like sometimes playing a video game with like an amazing superpower it's like this isn't yeah that it wouldn't fun. be that fun but it would be i think it would be interesting to have a very severe looking interesting face and then go mm-hmm. to a place where that is even more like if like if you're like a big like our, you know, Anthony DeVries, right? Mm-hmm. And he and Jenny went to India, mm. and it's always stories of all these people taking pictures with him because he's this big white guy. Exactly, and he's like so such a, such a novelty. You're almost like, like wow. Yeah, like, they did that with me too. Really, I'm, I'm like a small white guy. They would like take pictures with you just because oh, yeah. you're so it's such a novelty. Because I'm white in any way. God, and I, I have a beard, which is actually pretty rare out there too. Is it really? Everyone has mustaches. Yeah. Is it like a thing against beards? Uh no I I don't know I think I I heard the police officers get paid a bonus if they have a mustache so I think like mustaches oh, wow. for some reason are encouraged Mansoor yeah I don't a- <laughs> I don't understand it maybe it's that uh it's like that Just meme or whatever like at photo booths how 
how girls oh, are like yeah. pulled up mustaches. That influenced them, and it, they're just kind of behind. Oh, it's definitely the photo booth influence for sure. <laughs> Highly influenced India. Also, I want to go back to India. So when you first got off, and you're at, step outside then. Dude, you know what looks really comfortable is that couch. It is. Do you, you think must, I can sit on yeah, it? Yeah, you can sit on it. Do you mind? Yeah, I don't mind at all. This is a... Uh, you know, we can also ditch... Let's let's pause and ditch the headphones. Okay, cool. Really? Well, I didn't have a custom made. I had it like I had the couch like, you know... I, I I had it d- designed for how I wanted it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, I want it to be like this, this shape. Currently talking about the couch that um, I have here. Oh man. Yeah, this it's pretty is nice. So nice. It's Holy a good shit. couch. It's almost like a ther- It's almost like a therapy session now. Yeah, I feel like I'm on Marin right now. <laughs> <laughs> so. Hey, uh, so uh, <laughs> is that what, is that? I've never seen Marin. Does he have like he's at his at his therapist? Oh no, I guess I meant on the podcast how people are like. Oh. It's like, it's, does he do that it's though? Like therapy? No, that'd be fun. I've if never he did seen that. Marin either though. Maron. I've never seen Maron. Maron, the pretentious Marin fan. <laughs> yeah, I'm a. I feel like all of his fans are that way, aren't they? They're all like people who um, like they really are into Mark Marin. I, I think really so. Into... I think they're like pretty diehard. I feel like I talk about him too much in the podcast. And this Do sort you of... really? I talk about him a lot, but I don't talk about him in a bad way. I just sort of like talk about him. like referencing what I think about him without actually really listening to the podcast <laughs> or anything. I just sort of... Uh... Do you know? Uh, I've met him a couple of times. I think he knows me, but he's one of those guys who I think, um, you know, he knows people, but he's 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 admittedly pretty self-absorbed. So yeah. sometimes he just forgets who you are or how he knows you, and is doesn't want to rem- doesn't want to think about how he knows you. So right. want to keep it. Oh up yeah. To, yeah, yeah. Mic technique. Yeah, I want to hear more about India. I though. didn't know if you wanted to talk more about Marin. No, I'm done with Marin now. <laughs> I want to hear about India. Yeah, I mean. So you land. So when you land there and you leave the um, you leave the airport and it's madness. Yeah, it's. I mean, from the minute you get out of the, out of the plane right. or out of the airport, it's crazy and it's loud and you know, you know, people are swarming you, right. absolutely swarming. They're swarming you. you for money or for what? For like services? Uh, usually like, for services, like, like transportation want... services. Okay. And um, did you know what you wanted to do at this point? Did you have a sort of? A plan? I did have yeah, a hotel booked that night, um, and I just you know picked one right. of like the thirty people who are surrounding me randomly really? like got in the taxi with them and then wow. they drove me and my girlfriend were you and, nervous so you met her at the airport uh yeah okay yeah so we that flew in she was in other another part of asia at the time and we just met like playing the flights at the same time right got out we were i mean it was crazy and then you know we just like walked around delhi and you know there are monkeys everywhere and mm-hmm. there's uh just i think we went to this part of old Delhi that was so crazy. I mean, just okay. like, I mean, it was kind of like a farmer's market, but like if there were, you know, 10 times the amount of people right. and instead of like fruit, it was, uh, you know, like electronic, <laughs> like scrap metal right. and stuff like that. And it was like 99% men. So, and my girlfriend at the time was wearing a see-through shirt accidentally. Accidentally? I, yeah, I don't think she knew it, but every oh. single man just stared at her and like the entire time. Oh, geez. So it was just uh, it was a very intense experience. From the minute you're there, people are coming up to you, asking you questions, where you're from, how much money do you have? How much uh, money do you yeah, have? Yeah, like in your bank account. 
they said things like, what, uh, what is that about? I mean, they're just so curious. It was like running into an alien. Oh, so they want to know, like, so what, they want to be like, okay, so you look like this. What does that mean? With yeah, what how does much that mean with have? specific things? They, oh they had, one asked me, one Indian gentleman on a train said, what are your qualifications? <laughs> that was the entire question. This, how does he say it, though? Is it like, a, what are your qualifications? <laughs> yeah. Is something as stereotypical as that? Yeah, I mean, something like that. Or is it and, like a... Oh dear chap, what are your qualifications? <laughs> I've educated at Oxford. I've, I am as Mansoor. What's like a, I'm trying to think of a classic Indian name? I was like, oh dear, well, the cholera was quite difficult and we've managed to cheer up the natives and sell it through, but the dark skinned ones have such trouble understanding the matrix of lies that are presented to them and we have forced to change their food up a bit and make them work harder. They love it, but it's how it is and Oh my God! Carry on. Can you have? I want you to have a one-man show and do that for an hour straight and no interruptions. No. Just be like didactic. And um, <laughs> what's the, what's it called? Like just showing utter open disdain. Oh yeah. Have you ever seen that video from this documentary called The Mayfair Set? No. It's a I documentary. I haven't seen it. Um, about I think it's a documentary about a part of England. What's that guy who makes tons of documentaries? He's an English guy. He makes them all about... Oh, that guy. You know, yeah, everyone knows name? him. He makes them about like stuff you, you didn't know you were outraged about, but yeah. you find out how outraged Yeah, I'm blanking on his name right now. Yeah, well, we'll plug it in. Ready, here we go. Three, two, one. His name is... That's his name. Oh, and that's his name. Well, we knew that name all along. But he uh, has this, this piece from it where they're talking to some guy... Uh, about the 70s when there was an influx of uh, oil-rich Arabs in London. Mm-hmm. This guy's accent sounds... I can't even do it. It's so highfalutin, so mm-hmm. high class. And mm-hmm. the way he's speaking, he's talking about how Arabs are often pissing on the floor because they're not used to Western laboratories. And mm-hmm. he's like, this... I mean, I can't do it. I'll put I'll put a clip in it after this of the actual sound, but it is so yeah, just... it sounds good. The, the people there, uh, they, they don't quite understand the nature of the lavatory. Like, it's just so... <laughs> it's just dripping with privilege. That oh, it's God. Like, it's hilarious. Yeah, but that it, sounds fantastic. Yeah, but there's a lot, there's a lot of Indian guys with that accent, right? Because they were... You know, they're a colony, right? So there's like... The, exactly. There's a bunch of them. Yeah, like, there's some confusing accents. Um, but there's a lot, most of it is the... Jed One Garden? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's something like that. It's <laughs> uh, so funny. It's never not funny, I feel like. It's just like there's something sing-songy about the accent that makes it's it... It's kind of sing-songy and it's so sincere and so sweet. I don't know. Yeah. I, I I loved everyone I met. I really had no negative experiences the entire time. That's how I found it in Bahrain, too, because everyone who works over there, mm-hmm. Bahrain and someone Dubai and someone in Qatar, they're all Indian. Yeah. Almost all all the males are from uh Carrollton. Right. And they're all so incredibly hospitable. Right. And if you even like mention the fact that you're like, yeah, I, I understand uh, I know about Hare Krishna. They're just mm-hmm. like, oh, like, oh, you're not a fucking um an Arab person who hates me, who like exactly. treats me like I'm a fucking a human, like, like an actual slave. Like cause they get treated like they get treated like scum, like like slaves. And they're yeah. so used to it because they just talked down to consistently so if you just be like like a lot of times i leave a car like uh how to krishna <laughs> yeah <laughs> just say that to no me. that that's exactly right yeah i tried to be as respectful as i could uh, i feel like i was fairly ignorant as someone visiting india for the first time but i mean i thought just being as nice as possible and right and and uh talking to as many people you know that was the only way i could go and um 
yeah, I mean, it was just a, an incredible experience. I'd recommend it to anyone. So, so now you you get off there and you're walking around and stuff and checking things out, and it's like, did you ever at any times feel like you were in any danger or is there any sort of weird? It's, there's got to be some aspects of it you felt a little bit. There was only like, one moment I felt any form of danger, right? and that was I was taking a city bus like a long distance right. and. So there was just nobody around, you know, it was all kind of like desert landscape. And one of the men who had kind of like a a, a striking look, like right. very dirty guy, like, um, you know, missing some teeth. And right. uh, he he just would not stop staring at me, Weird. at my face for, you know, I'm not exaggerating, Hours. like 45 minutes. Yeah, oh. like 45 minutes to an hour and just turned around. And was looking at my face. Wow. And I tried to ignore it. Like, I didn't know what it's to do. It's hard to ignore that. <laughs> yeah. Because you feel it. You feel it. And then I would, I would try to read a book or, you know, like, just look down. But then right. every, like, three minutes I'd look up and it was just continuing. And I was like, I don't, is this bad? Like, and then I just asked, after probably 45 minutes of trying to just go through it, uh, I asked a guy behind me who looked, like, less scary looking. Right. I was like, why is that man staring at me? And then he just said, uh, he's probably never seen a white person before. Wow. So I was like, okay, I guess he can si- he knows oh, that so cool. this isn't uh, like an actual danger. But yeah. those 45 minutes were, were pretty like tense, just like. That's pretty cool. I don't know what to yeah. do here. It's interesting to put you in that situation, but it's like, I don't think I was in that situation I didn't know anyone. I didn't even know have a even know a black person until I was about sixteen. I didn't oh, know wow. anybody because it just you grew up in Minnesota, right? Yeah, and where I was yeah. grew up, there just there's just there's no people. It's all white people. There's a lot of Asian people, mm-hmm. a lot of Indian people, but there's no. I mean, I guess I knew some different cultures, but they're all they're all scientists, so they're all very buttoned up and boring, nerdy mm-hmm. folk because they're doctors and. Did scientists. you travel much as a kid? I had to travel a pretty good amount with my dad, but I was all like in Europe. So okay. Europe's, you know, Europe's great, but Europe's also not not really exotic. I think the the, the most the craziest place I went to, I went with him to Israel mm-hmm. when I was seventeen, I think, or sixteen, and that was that was really eye opening. Yeah, I didn't, that's a cool age to go. I yeah, think. I had no idea, and I think there was also there's a thing there. There's the the Israelis. Um, I think there's there's a little bit of a stigma, a little bit of a not. Not um, I don't know how to say it. Not hatred, but they definitely are wary of Westerners. They're wary of like Americans mm-hmm. because you sort of present this idea. You're sort of like I don't know what it is. I mean, it's obviously not the same the way they feel about Arabs, but mm-hmm. there is like a sort of a feeling of dis- general distrust. It's like are, are like, they cool with us? Like yeah. we don't. We're not I mean, sure. Yeah, it's kind of a wild card. Right. There's almost you know, a few times where I felt like even as a kid, I was some people were. Like looked at me like 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 who the fuck are you? Yeah. I'm like I'm a fucking child. I'm you know I'm I'm 16, but I look like I'm 12. So yeah, it's some, it was weird to me. I, I never experienced that in Europe at all, but yeah, in Israel. Because I think I think it's just something where they're just so they're just so on edge, right? And this is one. This is right when there were a bunch of bombings in Jerusalem, so we had to we ended up staying down in Elat, which is okay. like far far yeah. south, because they didn't want to have this. My dad's a doctor, so they had a, it was a medical conference, right? Mm-hmm. He's giving a talk. They didn't want to have it in um, Jerusalem because it's just too dangerous. For Tel Aviv, it's too dangerous. Like you don't want to have like a, oh, a bunch of American doctors were killed by a car bomb. Right, <laughs> yeah, that looks bad for everybody. Yeah, that's bad press. Yeah, 
That's cool. You traveled with your dad, who's a doctor. Yeah. Uh, I I did the exact same thing. Really? As a kid, um, my dad would yeah go to like a bunch of conferences and see a doctor. Mm-hmm. Really? And yeah, I, I traveled with him throughout the my whole childhood. Like my parents uh, took me out of school a decent amount. To, That's good. It's like a, I remember having some old lady on the plane tell my dad, who's like. This is very good what you're doing. Yeah. You must travel. You yeah. must show them things. Otherwise, if you don't show them things when they're young, they will grow up to be ignorant. Right. And, and she's be angry. Right. I never thought, yeah, I always, I didn't think about that until, I mean, I guess I haven't thought about that in years, actually, because you said that. I haven't thought about that being said, but I remember right. not understanding it at the time, but it makes sense now. It's a thing where, like, that's really like sort of the, I guess, the root of ignorance, right? It's just, People don't take the time to It starts to with exposure. Yeah, and, and just then, see things that they mm-hmm. maybe aren't necessarily immediately comfortable with or exactly. things that are different, but they're not different to the people who are doing them. They're commonplace. But mm-hmm. to you, it's like, why are you doing this thing? You're, it's weird. It's like, no, it's not weird. We're just, this is how we do it here. It's like, yeah. oh, people are different. Yeah. And it's totally normal that they are. It's just... It's just how it is. And it's an amazing feeling. I mean, that is yeah. like the feeling of novelty, especially when you're like 11 years old and you're oh, seeing God. some weird stuff. Like I went to like the red light district when I was like just, you know, for going through puberty. Like that's a cool time. And Yeah, I think I did too. But at the same really? time, yeah, it, was in, it wasn't in an Amsterdam. It was in Nijmegen, which is like oh, some okay. little town outside of there. But I begged. So there's some, well, some older kids who were friends with my dad's colleague who was over mm-hmm. there. And they took me around while my dad was giving this talk. We got to you know, drive around the city. And I wanted to go, definitely want to go to one of those coffee shops to smoke yeah, weed. Sure. They were like, no, we can't. It's, it will get in trouble. Your dad will find out. And yeah. I will be, he'll be very angry. I was like, oh, God, it's so fucking boring. Right. But we did walk to the red light district. And I was like, you guys ever, you ever done this? You ever, <laughs> yeah, I think it was, a, I was definitely a virgin at that point, I think. And I was like, you guys ever? Oh, yeah, I definitely like, was. No, we don't go there. People don't. It's not considered. I'm like, what? And my mind was like, why the fuck wouldn't you do that? But now I'm like, oh, yeah, I can see that. I can see um, not wanting to get go to a red light district unless, yeah, I can just see it's something where I probably would not engage in that. Yeah. So I don't know if I would. That's a good question. I mean, imagining legalized yeah. prostitution in Los Angeles, if that were to happen in right. 10 years, what would you ever in- engage with that? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, feel, no like I, would, I feel like I would think about it. I sure yeah, would, I would sure be something where I'd be like, hmm. But I probably would, like most things that I think I don't um, really want to be involved in, I would come close to it. It's like a hot stove, you know? You want to, right. you're, ch- you're curious about it, you check it out, but you probably won't, you don't need to um, experience it to, you don't need to experience it directly to know how it's going to feel. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think that's sort of the case with that. But also at the same time, maybe if you're single and it's not like something where, I don't know, I don't think it's bad. Right. Yeah. I think that idea of, um, you know, traveling as a, as a kid and right. um, ex- having experiences, new experiences all the time is such an important thing. And I think it's, you can almost look at it like, you know, working out or doing yeah. something. It's a brain workout. Regimented, you know, like, because, yeah, I, I think that's the thing I, I, want to do the most in my life is just have experiences uh even if they're uncomfortable and even if you know they're there's pain associated 
but I, I want to experience them in order to evolve and become a better person, you know? It's what Ramdas calls a uh, grist for the mill. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I think that, you know, suffering and the, and, or just, if not act direct suffering, but experiencing, uh, you know, being around suffering or just being open to everything, light and right. dark is so important. And yeah, if I ever have children, I, I want, I would want them to be exposed to all sorts of things, light mm. and dark. And I would never encourage any form of uh, censorship or yeah. anything like that. Yeah, it gets a, such a slippery slope and it becomes something where then you just, that's how you just, it's a great way to breed ignorance and breed exactly. hatred. Because I feel like that's the case that all, any kind of hatred or racism or something, anything like that all comes out of fear which is from ignorance mm -hmm. so it's all just this, it's all the same thing it's all just people being being scared because they're gonna have something taken away from them or they're gonna be hurt right. or yeah I, I try to i try to experience uh negativity even purposefully sometimes just to know that i'm learning from it like sometimes i'll get too high because too high on weed Stuff like that, yeah. <laughs> because I know it'll be a rough experience. Oh, right, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know what you're saying. And I know I'll come out better, though. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It, like, as long as I survive, which it's hard to die from marijuana, I think. I, I think, think it's impossible, can. actually. I think it's impossible. That's what MAPS says about bad trips. Yeah. Is the bad trips are the ones you learn the most. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's so important. I think, and I try to do that with visual stimulation, audio stimulation. Visual, the only thing I do have a problem with, I want to see everything. Right. But... I have a very difficult time seeing like death on like those like gore blog or oh, like right. the ISIS beheadings. Like those things, I have done it. I have yeah. watched some intense visuals before, but I don't know if that's necessary. I think there's what you some gotta do is you gotta you gotta go hunting mm -hmm. uh, and then gut a deer. Yeah, have that's you done that before? I did. When I was I think I was about fifteen or sixteen. I uh, had a guy teach me how to bow hunt. Wow! And I went bow hunting in Minnesota. Minnesota, and I shot a deer with a bow and arrow, compound mm -hmm. bow. I shot a doe. We practiced, you know, for weeks. He was my, our house was on like a bunch of land, like a, like a bunch of probably about eight acres of woods. Wow. And so this guy, you know, they drive people drive around, mm -hmm. and if you have private land, you can ask permission, and you, and you you can if you give permission to someone, you can hunt on it. Right. So this guy came up and was uh, being really nice, and he asked permission. And they're like, yeah, we can. That's amazing. So he just right. like thought the land could be good for hunting. Like, well, he knows. I mean, there's deer everywhere. Okay. But it's all so he about, just picked you guys. He just saw. He just drove around and saw us, and he came up and was mm -hmm. like, you know, was he just very was very charismatic guy. Right. Um. And he talked to my mom about my mom's from the south, so she like grew up and she's a redneck from Louisiana, so mm -hmm. she's that kind of thing is normal to her. Sure. But she but he asked um about hunting in the place, and I I was you know I'm. A, I was about like 16 or 17 and my dad is very like a real stoic. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a doctor, you know, he's, yeah. he's not into anything other than work. Yeah. So I was always into like, I want to go camping and I want to do, I want to go hunting. And mm -hmm. I was really wanted to go hunting and just to learn that stuff, but I didn't have anyone te to teach me. Mm -hmm. And so I basically like tagged along with that guy and he, he. And your parents were cool with that? Yeah, they were cool with it. But he also, I think he realized at the same time, like this is something I didn't realize until much later, like, oh, he was using me to allow himself to be able to hunt in the land, which is 
That makes sense. It's, it was a reciprocal relationship. Yeah, I really wanted. Symbiotic. It made me happy as hell right. to be like, he's this guy's like a classic Minnesota redneck. That guy's like, how you doing there? Um, <laughs> couldn't help but see you got a bunch of. Is this your property here? Oh, it's beautiful, real beautiful. <laughs> uh, my name's Eric. I'm Bob. I'm a, I'm a, yeah. I'm a bull hunter. Now he like he would talk so much, man. This guy oh, would talk so like great. crazy. He would always say all this stuff about, you know. Just about the techniques and like the respect and all this stuff. Yeah. It just was so funny because half of it was total bullshit. Yeah. But I don't think he thought it was. He really right. did think it was like a part. I don't know. That's it's, so cool. I mean, I I, I yeah. envy that. You know, the ability to grow up around such rich characters of <laughs> America. You know, like yeah. I grew up near Los Angeles, and that's just. But there's got to be a lot of kinds of characters here, right? I guess so. I grew I up in like everywhere. a suburb, and it, yeah. it was. It was fewer. I but mean, in Minnesota, in Rochester, Minnesota, is like is was a suburb of itself. Okay, it's yeah. the most boring. Two years in a row, it was rated the number one city to live, lowest crime, yeah, most money for education. Everything about it is just safe, clean, and uneventful. Yeah, well, I so, think that's very similar to yeah. where I grew up. I think it used to be rated in the top five right. lowest crime, also. Yeah, but there were definitely a lot of characters, like the guy, this guy named. Um, Selmer Severson, and he was a uh-huh. he did he did the, the did the lawn, and he also had a, ran a snowplow business. And this guy, if you saw him in a movie, you would like, oh, this isn't real. Yeah, like he just so ah, how we doing there? <laughs> oh, how we doing? He was, <laughs> was always so dirty. I'm like, how is this? How are you just dirty? Did you have like a someone come and apply makeup to you? You look so filthy. Yeah. Like his glasses were always fucking filthy, dirty. He was the most wiry guy I've ever seen. He, I bet he could like, you know, he probably was. He's not as about my size, maybe a little bigger. Right. But the guy had those. You know about you know about farmer strength, farmer muscles. Mm, I don't think so. Term that they say about people that oh that guy's got farmer strength or he's mm-hmm. got farmer muscles, which is like you look not that strong but it's like holy shit he just lifted that whole bale of hay with his left hand and threw it into the truck wow because he's like they just were working all the time so they're just badass hardcore motherfuckers they're not training they're working but as their their work is training basically but that guy was the most just like a total character and he had this really weird high-pitched voice (laughs) just oh we're gonna call we we knocked over the lamp again. Sorry, I just got you. Got to get one of those stickers and put it in there. (laughs) I came. His name Selmer. Selmer Severson. Yeah. I wonder. Have you looked him up recently? I haven't. Man, I've 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 been thinking about a couple things I haven't thought about in years. Actually, just now. Yeah. I haven't looked up Selmer. Google that. I don't know. He might. He it's gonna be pretty old at this point. But a lot of those Swedish guys, those guys, he can't bust them. They're like you know living to their to the late eighties. Oh yeah. Because they don't drink or smoke. They're just real like conservative guys or if they do drink and smoke they drink the exact amount every day right and they smoke the exact their body yeah. knows how to process it at this point yeah they're just on this track like right. this hardcore like don't make don't make too much noise and you'll get right. what you you get what you need <laughs> it's like that's the whole Minnesota things well you so know what it's like pure Protestant work ethics yeah it's Lutheran oh it's Lutheran yeah so Lutheran's kind of Lutheran's weird Lutheran, Lutheranism is similar to Catholicism in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but it's still Protestant. Mm-hmm. But those guys are very, um, well, I mean, obviously it's, it's Protestant because it's Luther. Right. So, uh, but they're just. It's, but like the reap what you sow type. Yeah, it's very conservative. Very yeah. conservative, like in terms of conservative like Catholics, where it's like, oh, that, I don't know. She sh- I don't know if that's good to be 
to be going around talking like that. Yeah. Or, oh, sure. Sure. Showing that's a pretty bright colored dress there. You know, we don't want to <laughs> don't want to raise a ruckus there. Get these boys all all cooked up and hot and heavy. So these are know, the people you grew up around. Pretty much, but I think half and half. Like, I grew up on a lot of people who whose parents were like they were imports because they came to Mayo because mm-hmm. to work. So they're like people from Boston or te- Houston or mm-hmm. different people, or maybe people from Hong Kong or so Canada. So very educated. Yeah, highly like overeducated mm-hmm. people. There's also a bunch of like good old boys who are surgeons. That's a, b- a big thing mm. in the uh, surgery department. A lot of guys who are hunters right. and like the guys from Virginia who grew up probably, probably you know probably calling people faggot a lot <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> so bizarre to think about i mean there is a significant i mean there are thousands of doctors yeah who say like who say that you know? right that's that's amazing you know it's crazy there are people who we trust with our lives who we don't who we wouldn't trust to uh, come up with the you know a judgment for the most basic human right right that's but a scary It scary is, but at the same idea. time, they're, they're like fighter pilots, you know what I mean? It's like a fighter pilot, you're not paying the fighter pilot to do anything other than operate that thing the yeah. best, best as possible way, so you could care less what they think about um, what, they th- what they think about quantum mechanics or exactly. about civil rights, because you want them to be able to, you just, all you care about is you want them to be able to do the their job thing. as good yeah. as possible. So surgeons get away with a lot of crap, because if you're good at your job, right. it's like, well, I don't want to... Fuck with this guy who's good at his job, right? Because he can, he can do what he wants as long as he keeps doing his job and doesn't offend people to the extent where they can't help him do his job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that used to be how the case. It used to be the case in hospitals to where if you're a doctor, especially like your surgeon or something, mm-hmm. you can get away with anything. It was like being the president or something. Where wow, you know, it's high profile. That's such such a thing that sort of changed a lot now. It's just the the nature of class, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you think about how people used to treat cops back like even 40 years ago mm. if you were like a like a upstanding uh well-to-do white person or mm-hmm. someone in, in your community if you were like a uh, a person of status of class you would talk down to a police officer you wouldn't but they they can't like they could tr- they could try to arrest you or something but you would be like um i'm sorry i don't think you understand like there's nothing going on here it's fine <laughs> mm-hmm. you know i'm blah 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 i don't think you know i'm I'm this. Right. And they're like, okay, well, we're sorry about that. Um, just next time, you know, keep it, just keep it down or something. Sure. Like that. You know what I mean? That was like such a big thing for so long. My dad even had a thing one time where he, this was in New Orleans. So it's like a little different, a little more third world down there. But mm-hmm. he went to get his, um, to get his driver's permit for Louisiana, state of Louisiana or something to get it renewed. And he had to take a driving test. And he goes in there, and he's talking to the guy at the, the desk at the DMV, and he goes like, so what do you do? What do you do, Miss Permitter? He's like, I'm a doctor. He's like, oh, okay, all right. Well, I need you to go out, and um, I need your license plate number. If you could just go out and get that. And my dad goes out, gets his license plate number, comes back in, and the guy's like, well, it looks like you uh, passed your driving test, Dr. Permitter. Wow. Because he's like, the whole thing is like, you know, well, this guy's a doctor. I don't yeah. want um, to have him angry at me. Let's yeah. say something happens to me, so... I will make him happy today. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I mean, and that same principle has been going on for, I mean, thousands and yeah. thousands of years. In a way, I kind of think it makes sense. Like, I think yeah. there's, a, there's a lot less of that this day, these days because there's so much digital technology. Mm-hmm. That, it's trackable. Transparency right. is more uh, doable. And people aren't able to take personal responsibility for things. You know, it's easier just to be like, well, it's not my job. Or, well, mm-hmm. I can't because I'll lose my job because 
it's so easy to to tell like to tell what's going on in any situation because everything's quantifiable easily easily quantifiable measured and recorded and found you can tell what's going on all the time so right someone someone can't make like that's obviously an exception of sort of like a sort of a very light form of corruption but there's instances right where someone needs to be able to make a call about something but they can't because they've been stripped of the responsibility of being able to make a decision about something mm-hmm. because it's like oh you're just an employee you just do your job your job is to make sure that no one parks here mm-hmm. and if someone parks there even though it's an exception you're gonna lose your job Mm-hmm. It's like, well, the exception is this person's bleeding out, and then you, I don't know, this is like a weird metaphor, you know what I mean? No, but, for sure. But there's, there's, I feel like there's been this thing where people have been stripped away from having any type of personal responsibility, and that makes you feel like less of a person, yeah, because you don't have any responsibility. And if you feel like less of a person, you're more inclined to be not as good of a person, yeah, because you or don't more feel robotic. Yeah, or... you have less self self worth. Your self worth is diminished because you have no. You have no say in the outcome of things that are, involve you. Yeah, if you're not empowered as a human yeah, being, you're not going to, uh, ex- you know, use humanity when interacting with right. with good people, and you know, that can be a, that can be dangerous. It is. I feel like that's what's going on with all these. Like, if you go to some place like a highway rest stop, mm-hmm. and every business there is a business that's not located in where. It, it's not a local business. Right. It's something where all the all the money is leaving, except for the tiny amount that's getting paid to the person who works there, mm-hmm. and even that person's not getting paid enough to invest in where they live. So it's this thing where you're creating communities that are um, of people who have no investment in what they do. Mm-hmm. So it's hard. It's hard to care about what you do is if you have nothing. You have nothing to gain, but your but your wage. It's like, exactly. I feel like that's like a big piece of the the puzzle in terms of the. Um, like unrest in terms of, I mean, I think it has a lot to do with, with racism at some, to some extent, but just general unrest among people of, of, uh, who are in that, in that lot in life, you know, they have to, they have to deal, they don't have any sort of self-worth because it's been stripped from them. Yeah. Well, maybe they're at sort of the base of, yeah. you know, the Lotus or whatever, and they're at a point where they need to, um, they need. They just need to provide for themselves and their families, right? And they're not able to uh, to expand. To, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because of the of the the fact that they're exploited in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's like a it's exploitation, but it's it's not. It's made to seem like the opposite. It's exactly. Like, oh, we're giving you a job. You're lucky. You You're got lucky a job. Though. Yeah, exactly. Look at you. Lots of people out there don't have any job. You got this job here. Yeah. You're lucky. And a lot of people you better just count think, your stars. You know, that's life. That's, <laughs> yeah. you know, life, work's not supposed to be fun. Yeah, when it's supposed to be the best fun. It's supposed to be, like, awesome, you I know? Mean, <laughs> it, it's going to make your life better, that's for sure. But how is that like? Because I, I want to go back to the India, because I was, yeah. there's this thing where, um, there were Colin Quinn, and his, you ever see his, his uh, special? I saw part of it, yeah. Like, the history. It was yeah. History stuff. Well, he hasn't, he's so funny, because he talks about how, um, it. I mean, it's it's very like redu- uh, reductive. What's that the word? Where it's very it's very kind of oversimplified, but it's still really funny about how uh-huh. people were never ha- had success in dominating people 
in uh, with Hindi or Buddhist um, mm. religions because it's like, oh, you're going to kill me? I don't care. I'm fine to die. I will come back in this next life in a higher <laughs> yeah. station. Thank you. Yeah. So it's like you can't dominate someone if they don't fear death. And so how, that's how India has been able to be so prosperous and uh, never be um, dominated by any foreign invaders because they just, they don't have, they can't hold anything over them as oh, people. Wow. And I think it's it's obviously pretty oversimplified, but I like to think about that because that's something where, like, that must be something you saw there, right? Because there's there's a, there's like a different attitude toward towards work death over the, in general, right? And just towards living, right? Isn't like a generally there's like a different attitude towards. I guess I don't know what it is, but a lot of people kind of seem like they're on a whole other wavelength, right? And they're just kind of like, whatever, like really? nothing matters. I don't know. That was kind of the vibe I got and they are exposed to death. Right. There it's everywhere. There's dead animals everywhere. Really? There's, yeah. I mean, just pigs and uh, you know, dead dogs and God. It's just you know, it's 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 intense, but and also, you know, there's dead body. They burn the bodies in right. kanji and um uh, and that's out in public and it Did it's I mean, I think it definitely benefits them in terms of their right. mental health and um and I, I i don't know what the answer is when you apply that principle to western nations who that's the most taboo thing it's the opposite it's all about yeah amassing wealth exactly yeah well i, I guess i don't fully understand it i know because it i know a lot, there's a lot of those temples in uh india mm -hmm. that um some people claim that they have treasure in some of those temples that is, it is, I mean, possibly trillions of dollars worth of uh, gold. Oh wow! In certain temples, because they've been amassing it for centuries, mm -hmm. and it's something where no one will touch it, and no one will because they're scared to, because it'd be like a the greatest world's greatest curse <laughs> would be to, yeah. to be to touch the, uh, the the treasure of the specific god's temple. So, but there's there's, there's sort of like this um, international decree by certain banking organizations to make that a part of uh, India's national taxable, um, I don't know how that works with with, with world banking, but mm -hmm. they want to make that like, hey guys, um, you have all this money in that down there, we need to count it to know how much you have. And they're like, absolutely not, what do right. you mean? But at the same time, it's like both sides have a point. That yeah. it, is, it is treasure, but I don't know, it's, it's weird to think about that. But that's something that would never happen in America. You'd no. never never have a, a church that's sitting on uh, billions of dollars with a gold bullion, all because well, this is got, this isn't ours. It's, it's it's literally not ours. It's been given to this deity, yeah. and this is where he keeps it. So I'm sorry, but you can't touch it. I'm if you, I will literally you have to cut through my body to get to this treasure because right. I want to protect myself from. I don't want you to take Shiva's treasure. That's fascinating. Yeah, quantifying. Uh, God, you right? Because it kind of is, and in, in some sense, it is. Because it's like this it's this gift. Wow. Yeah, That's some article I've read. Hope about they it. sort that out over there. Yeah. Good luck, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck, y'all. That go, man. I'll come over. That would be a great, like a uh, great uh, disaster movie. A bunch <laughs> of like redneck, uh, be like an Armageddon Part Two, except yeah. home, Armageddon Two, Homeland. <laughs> 
Gentlemen, we have we found there's a pot of treasure worth three trillion dollars <laughs> in India's Karnstir district for the deity of I don't know how to fucking say it. <laughs> We're gonna drill through the tunnel of the earth. We got the best drillers on the planet. We're gonna take that gold because they ain't doing nothing but sitting on it. <laughs> okay, it stinks like piss and monkey shit, but we'll get it back here. <laughs> we'll melt it down and create a create an idol that's worthy of our, our God's our God's praise. <laughs> Just oh dig into the fucking earth to get the gold. I would so pay money to see that one. I would, I would pay money. Yeah. <laughs> pay money to see him get that money. <laughs> oh. No, it's true, though. I mean, it's, it's all so scary. I hope, I mean, yeah, I, I just hope for the best. Trying to, trying to uh, give any positive energy I can to, to India because after experiencing it. Right. I know it's still there. Right now, we're in Atwater Village. It's, right beautiful and there isn't piss and shit outside yeah there's no open that's defecation still out there yeah that's what's weird to me is the open defecation in india yeah that's something where i just don't get it man i just don't get it it's something where okay so i understand that there's this um the idea not the idea but the, the thought process of the hindu thought process is that of of um like we we're just talking about it's something where your your relationship to life is different than uh, it's not it's not the Western idea. It's there's this idea of uh, reincarnation is is a tenant, right? Mm-hmm. So, but you'd still think you'd want to keep the place you live clean. You know, you want to you wouldn't want to live in filth. You know what I've heard about that, that is that, and what one thing I experienced was that the insides of the homes were immaculate, right? Just you know, very well clean, right? But for whatever reason, the common areas like the streets aren't right. uh, required to be clean and people do openly litter and things like that. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Maybe there's just some sort of divide between inside spaces and right. the public. I guess it's it's definitely just my personal viewpoint being like, how do you people live like that? You know what yeah. I mean? It's me thinking, okay, so you have all you have so many brilliantly educated people from there. You have this ancient religion this ancient base of knowledge that's been continuing forever, yet public areas are, people are shitting everywhere in the street. And even though there are toilets available and the water is being destroyed, mm-hmm. the water is filthy. It's, it's, people are, children die all the time from all these diseases, from waterborne illnesses. It's just yeah. something where, like there's like a disconnect. Where I don't understand how you can be so brilliant in, in uh, philosophy yeah, there's this thing where the simplest people are dying of this of the of cause that can be fixed easier than anything else, which is just sanitation. Yeah, when there is a there is yeah. a known cure. I mean, it must have to do with the infrastructure and just lack of yeah. funds, right? I, I can't imagine. I don't know. I think it's complicated. Else. It's got to be something also where I feel like it's just. I mean, as far as the open defecation thing, I read that it's just it's traditional. So people just have such tradition, such a a big deal for so many things. It's just, it can oh, be the most beautiful just, part of the country and it right. can also be the ugliest part. Yeah. Tradition, the duality of tradition. That's what we should call this episode. The duality of tradition. I like that. That's very cool. Are we twisting in the wind right now? So. Are we currently twisting? Yeah. Let's take a quick break and okay. then we'll pop back in and uh, sew it up like Dr. Frankenstein. One time as I sew it up like Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah. One time as I sew it up like Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah. One time as I sew it up like Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah. One time as I sew it up like Dr. Frankenstein. 
Octave. Testing. Jay Weingarten, comedian. Hello. If it wasn't apparent earlier, it is <laughs> now. Because sometimes you have to say the thing that it is. You gotta have a bio in this town. You gotta have a brand, village, man. man. You gotta fucking have a brand. What kind of comic are you? About? Um, look, man, I love you. I don't know what to do with you. Okay, yeah. look, do I send you to Cincinnati or do I send you to Canada? I mean, hey, there's man. so many options. Look, man, uh, I love your stuff. But I just <laughs> you gotta have a brand. Are you the are you an angry comic? Are you a, are you a one liner? Are you what a, do you do, man? Yeah, I mean, hey, Jay, thanks for coming in. Thanks for coming. In. Okay, um, yeah, I love your comedy, man. So, uh, what kind of comic do you think you are? Oh, I mean. What kind of comedy do I do? Yeah, yeah. What kind of comedy, man? What kind this of comedy? is actually one of my favorite questions. I love comedy, dude. I love comedy. I haven't seen you yet, but I mean, we'll, I so do a lot of weird comedy. Weird that's comedy. For sure. Weird comedy. All right, cool. Yeah, I like weird stuff. I love weird stuff. You know, uh, Dan Cook's crazy, man. That guy's yeah. so crazy. He's a weirdo, right? He's uh, a weirdo. Yeah. Dane Cook's a big influence. Uh, Louis Black. Louis Black. Big time influence. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So All like, the weirdos. You're a loud guy. You're a loud yeah. guy. Like to, you're a screamer. I got it. You know, I don't rep any screamers, so this is going to be great. I like to have tremors when I'm on stage. <laughs> <laughs> like Lewis? Yeah. That guy That guy needs to get that checked out. <laughs> I haven't seen him in a long time. Yeah, it's got to be exhausting to be Lewis Black. I know. I hope he's okay. I actually don't know anything about him, and I'm, I'm sure he's great. He's from Minnesota. Oh, yeah? He's a Jew from Minnesota. Oh, cool. St. Paul, I believe. He, uh, I think he's very relaxed. Quiet guy off stage. Yeah, you'd you'd imagine that. Yeah, I think it's his thing. So I hope it's not causing him pain to have to turn that on. Then I don't think it's causing pain. It's probably causing some energy. Yeah, it's actually maybe one of the most healthy ways to live. It's like yeah. primal screams and stuff. You know. I think I have sometimes. Sometimes I'm just like, I don't have the energy to do this bit. Like yeah. I just don't want to do it. I do have. It's like I. I guess you always have the energy, but I just don't. Sometimes I just feel like. I don't have the time or energy to summon the thing. Oh, yeah. You, you got to bring it up. Go, okay, I got to summon this fucking beast now. Up to, the chakras. Yeah. yeah. They slowly ascend. And then all of a sudden, there's a loop of uh, best of my love. Playing. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, all right, that's exhausting. That, like, that, that bit is so, that's, well, first of all, incredible. But also, yeah, man, to do that takes you got to like mentally prepare yourself because there's a it's a long time it's that and it's also the thing of uh it's not so much about getting up but then after a comedy show usually comedy shows like eight or nine o'clock at night yeah you get you get cranked up you know you get juiced yeah comedy and it's hard to go to sleep and lately i've been wanting to wake up before 10 a.m i just want to just want to do it oh that's great yeah because it's like i want to wake up in time to water my plants in the morning as opposed Mm -hmm. to the night that's so. that's fantastic. So you're saying if you do a super high energy bit like that, it's harder for you to to, to yeah. fall back asleep. Yeah. Or just almost any bit. I feel like it's hard, you know? Yeah. That's, that's why it. they gotta have comedy shows earlier. They have two PM. Yeah, two. One thirty. But then it becomes a thing where it's it just changes the the dynamic. I feel like that's why I think that's why comedians are so um what do you call it? Not like clubby, but they're so clicky and there's such a thing like are you a comic or are you not a comic because mm-hmm. if you are a comic that's a thing where okay you're gonna be up late you're gonna get up late mm-hmm. there's like certain parts of the lifestyle that you end up having to abide by to be a comedian otherwise you're just sort of like burning your candle at both ends kind of thing you know? yeah so exactly it's hard to be a comedian and also be a person who gets up at 6 a.m 
I think it's very, I think it's, uh, yeah, 6 a.m. is tough. But I think you said by 9 or before 10. Yeah, before 10. I think good. that's very doable. It's doable. But I would prefer, I would love to be getting up at 8.30. Yeah. I, I, think do, I do it I, sometimes. I think that's doable. Yeah. Shows don't get done till you know, even if at midnight, you can get at least seven hours, seven yeah. to eight hours of sleep and, you know, spend time meditating during the day, drink lots of green juices that'll right. provide you with energy, tea. Thank you, by the way. I Did never. Oh, I we had some hibiscus tea. I was uh, singing the praises of hibiscus tea. If you don't know, I think it's got a lot of vitamin C. Helps the blood. I think it helps your blood production, supposedly. I think it's got iron in it, actually. I mm. think it's got some some minerals that are not typically found in um, a lot of food. Mm-hmm. Also, it is a very hydrating uh, tea. Yeah, I feel it's, so. I it's feel like so Gatorade. Good. And I also, it tastes incredible. And so. it's not. It's also uh, has a natural sweetness, and there's no sugar. Yeah, there's no sugar in it unless you put it in. Thanks, Johnny. Hibiscus tea, guys. I'm gonna. Hey, listeners. Um, look. I'm sorry about talking about getting up so early. I know some of you probably get up a lot earlier than 8:30. Yeah. You know, like this guy's wondering about 8:30. Uh, I'm gonna put some links up on the page to <laughs> getting some good hibiscus tea. <laughs> uh, it's gonna you're gonna love it. You're gonna make it for the summer. You make a big pot of it, and you can. You know what? Your abuela will make it with you. Abuelas love to make hibiscus tea. Yeah. They call it Jamaica. Yeah. AKA Jamaica, which is literally spelled the same as <laughs> Jamaica. Do you know that? Yeah. Jamaica. You know what's so weird, though? Jamaica. Uh, well, my legal name is Jason. Right. And um, so when, you know, growing up, I, I lived in Spain for a bit. and Really? Uh, well, like a study abroad thing. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't a big thing. It was just, I lived with a Spanish family, though, for four months. And Did you hook up with any Spanish broads? Uh, yeah, just one. Just I didn't have one. that much game back then, though. Yeah, in but they're college. but My you know what? Not they're, as good. They're just lousy. They're everywhere. They're right. The Spanish girls are everywhere in Spain. <laughs> yeah, they're very beautiful women. They're I stunning. Love, they're stunning. Uh, like Spanish Harlem Mona Lisa. That's where that came. Oh from. yeah, is it? Yeah, <laughs> came from España. But no, like I. Uh, well, how do we start talking? We about were school? in Spain, Jamaica. The oh yeah, they called uh, my Hamaica. Spanish mother, whose name was Magdalena. Uh-huh. She, uh, okay, so my name, legally, I didn't want to tell her I go by Jay, but whatever. I just right. said Jason. And she called me Jason. Jason? But shouldn't it be Hasten? Doesn't it just change? There's all kinds of different, what, what city are we in? Madrid. Madrid? Madrid. Maybe it's just a, it's a regional thing. It just, it makes more sense. Jason? I don't Jason. get it. He doesn't get it. Because Jose, Jose is J. Jose. Jose. So. Jason. Jason. Why am I Jason? I think it has to do with the vowel that comes after the J. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. My bad, y'all. Pretty sure. Sorry, twisters out there. (laughs) I got it wrong. Okay. No tweets. No angry tweets. I love getting angry tweets. Yeah, I got a a tweet uh, at reply about three days ago from somebody in Asia. All of their tweets were in Chinese, I think. Right. And the one English tweet was at me. It said, I do not like you. <laughs> Why do you say that? Why? Yeah. I don't know. How do you know about you? I don't know. I think this is my only guess is... Web ventures? <laughs> yeah. No, there's this guy named Mitch Grassi who's a singer. Right. And somehow he uh, he has a, a rabid fan base. and uh, Is he American? 
I, I Mitch think Grossi? so. I don't even. I never met him, but right. he follows me on Twitter, and he's. I think he was on Glee, and he's. I've seen his videos, and he's an oh, well, extremely Glee. talented Glee. singer. Yeah, go. extremely talented singer. Very nice guy via the internet, but his fans are so rabid. And he made his like Twitter header. Me, I wrote at Mitch. I wrote, "You're such a brat." Just like a <laughs> at reply back to a conversation, and he screenshot it. But so now people are like not getting it in the context and getting some hate out there. That's cool. He latched onto that such such a light piece of flame. Yeah, exactly. Such a very light internet flaming. Diehards out there. Do you have any diehards? Like somebody who would fucking take a bullet for you out there, you think? I don't know. Um, do I have any diehards? Twisting the wind at gmail.com. Let me know if you take a bullet for me. Thank you. I'd take a bullet for you. Really? Where yeah. would you take it? Well, ideally in the lower extremity yeah, so I could like survive. A... But yeah, I, I would yeah. take it. I thought about getting shot. I thought it'd be kind of cool to get shot. But you mean like in like the leg or something? Like a real controlled survive. shot. Yeah. Yeah. That would, somebody did that in like the 70s, right? They did? I'm sure someone's done that. Yeah. I tried to get my brother to shoot me with a BB gun, but he wouldn't do it. What do you think it feels like to get shot with a real gun? It probably is not nearly as bad as people think it is. I bet it's not. If you get shot like in the toe? I mean, that you probably don't feel much at first because it's just yeah. gone, right? Your toe's gone. And you're in shock. Yeah. I bet it's all different. I bet it takes all kinds. It really is one of those things where there's no one experience of getting shot. I feel like it's like a like a tattoo or something where some people will say, ooh, dude, you get a tattoo in your ribs? Yeah. Dude, that is fucked up. Yeah. That's hardcore. Jeremy got a fucking tattoo of uh, Megan's dog on his, <laughs> on, her, on his ribs. And it's just like, dude, that's dedication. She like. <laughs> She like sucked his dick hard for that. <laughs> She's like, I, I would do, I wouldn't do that for like a thousand blowjobs. <laughs> I wouldn't do that for like a fucking a million blowjobs. I wouldn't get a rib tattoo. Are you kidding me, dude? You think you're hardcore? Get a rib tattoo <laughs> on the bone. You get a tattoo on the on your um. Where's the most painful tattoo place supposed to be? Uh, the top of your foot, I think. Is or like one of them. eyelid or something. Eyelid. Lil Wayne doesn't give a shit. I would get a tat. Maybe. Maybe not, though. I think I'm going to wait till I'm 40 to get a tat. Oh, that's smart. I'm going to wait until it's like, everyone's like, well, he's not getting tats. We lost <laughs> that bet. <laughs> Surprise the- everyone with the twit, a twit pick that morning. <laughs> 40th birthday. Oh, by the way, happy birthday. It was just your birthday oh, yeah, yesterday, right? Yeah. Super happy. That's just- great. Well, that my plums and the chocolate are your present. Oh, thank God. Birthday. I love that combination. That's going to get things moving. Yeah. That the tummy's going to be uh, feeling pretty good. Do you have any grand physical ailments? Mm, no. Okay. Luckily, I don't have any physical ailments. Right. Just a kooky head. That's a kooky all. head? I got a case of the kooks. When did you start taking it to the man? Because <laughs> you take it to the man pretty severely with your comedy, <sighs> which, is a, which is something that I love. Well, thanks, man. When did you uh, first start... Um, start um, living a metal, uh, a metal lifestyle so severely well i i took it i took baby steps as i like i said earlier you know you gotta you, you can't rush into things but i think the first thing i did was when i was six uh i uh i asked my friend what's the worst word <laughs> and right? he said fuck right and then during a spelling uh a spelling like you know, when you get your spelling test, test correct, yeah. yeah, the teacher 
like was going in a circle and like you know it was like lauren what how do you spell the next word right and before she could say it it was just silent in the class i go fuck <laughs> <laughs> and i was in first grade and right uh, and i was like and i just looked at her you know like but then I tried to pawn it off on like the girl right. <laughs> for some reason. I think I thought that was like the tag to the joke. Yeah, it was like clearly it was like a boy's voice, not a girl. And everyone pointed at me, and uh, then I got the worst punishment at the school, which called, is what called the Big Five, which meant the Big Five. I got the Big Five for saying what, fuck. What is the Big Five? What it is is you get no recess and no lunch for five days in a row. What kind of school is this? It was just a public school. What and I was the president allowed, of it later. Allowed, so it's like Barack, how he did yeah. coke, and now he's the president. <laughs> and I'm like, I did a bad thing, and I overcame it. The big five? Got the big five. That sounds five. like a fucking like, prison thing from the 50s. <laughs> yeah, we're giving you the big five, Johansson. You like that? Yeah. Hope you like the big five for the next two weeks. <laughs> we're going to put rumble in your chest. Yeah, man. It was rough. It was not a fun No week. lunch? That's not allowed. That's I mean, I ate lunch, law. but it was in the office. Oh, was, sorry. Okay. Yeah, I, I may have misspoke. But yeah, What's I got there? no lunch, period, no lunch to period. With, hang with my friends. So basically, I couldn't hang with my friends. Because you Reese's, said fuck. Yeah, uh, I said the word fuck. And from that point, I realized, like, oh, wait, like, nothing matters. Like, I just okay. said a word. And, and had this, the most severe punishment other than expulsion. And I get, yeah, so it's like, what? This is the world that we live in? Right. It's crazy. That's funny. I don't know. I guess that that was an early. What about you? Do you have any early childhood like rebellious stories or things you haven't thought about in a while? Oh, I'm not, nothing's coming to mind here. I think we used to do. I think I talked about this before on a podcast. This is something called puffing on the pipe, which What's you that? take a take an ink pen and pull out the tip of it and blow on the tube of ink mm -hmm. and drop it under the carpet and smear it into the carpet. <laughs> so that was, what we, I guess you just call that uh, vandalism. Yeah. But um, yeah, let's do that a little bit. I, mean, I went to Catholic school starting at seventh grade. So that was pretty much where I didn't really experience any severe kind of uh, public school in Rochester, Minnesota was really great. And all the teachers were really good. And it was good. It was like something where I'd never... I never had anything, I never had any problems. But then in high school, started to hit, started to not like a lot of teachers and stuff mm -hmm. and really hate them for the things they do. So I used to do a lot of vandalizing of teachers' houses. Really? Like we would like, um, we would uh, burn words into the lawn with bleach. Oh, wow. Like What'd you burn write? Burn the word tits into someone's lawn once. That's a good choice. Burn the word, um, I think we burned the word cunt actually into someone's lawn. Oh, wow. To a teacher's lawn. How'd you decide? Was it? Like based on their personality, or because oh, like, how does tits? I think it was just the idea of it being a a bad word. Yeah, that <laughs> is publicly being able to be seen burned into their lawn. Yes, it's not going you're just anywhere. Going down the lane, yeah. you don't want to have any repeats. So you're like yeah. tits, tits, uh, cunt, ass, foot, shit, <laughs> shit, crap. You're like, we, we also, gotta get them all. Yeah, one time a friend of mine took a, a dump into a plastic bag and he smeared it all over. Uh, a certain person's ha uh, front door just smeared it all over the front door. Human shit. His own. Yeah, you know so we what? did a bunch of that kind of stuff. I just, just saw the crazy. Terrible. <laughs> Sorry, that just reminded me of something that I realized I saw like three days ago on the internet, but I forgot I saw right. it. You know, but it was just so crazy. I don't know if you saw this. It was a video, or there was some man, or like a twenty-three-year-old boy, or whatever, right? Uh, who 
was accused of um, like via chat logs uh, wanting to eat his sister's asshole out or whatever. Oh my god! And he was like writing about like or fucking his sister in the ass, something just awful. And so his response to how old is he again? Fifteen? I think he was. I think he was like twenty three. Okay, and his sister was maybe seven. I could be getting these details slightly wrong, but it was something. It's one of the worst things you've ever heard. Yeah. And but his response to these accusations that he said these logs are fake because I would never fear away or shy away from anything but related. Be, in fact, here's a video of me taking a shit, picking the shit out of the toilet and jacking off with, by the way, as a micro penis, jacking oh, off with fuck. his shit. And it's all on video. What the fuck? Yeah, man. Jacking off a micro penis with your own shit. With your own shit to prove that you're not a sister fucker or whatever. Anyways, and I just saw a follow-up like a month ago. He's, you know, he was convicted. I think the crimes were in 2009 and it took him, you know, maybe six years. I don't know the exact details. I got to say that the whole micro penis, not even micro penis, just the whole masturbating with your own shit. Yeah. There's nothing that could ever help with <laughs> bringing, <laughs> bringing that up. There's no situation where you're like, yeah, well, you know what? Actually, um, this is gross, but this will absolve me of the yeah. problem. <laughs> I uh, I tend to masturbate with my own shit. So <laughs> so that can't be me. So yeah, anyway, here, I'm going to do it right <laughs> now. And, I'm watching uh, Columbo a lot lately. That would be great to see that on Columbo. <laughs> I couldn't help but tell that uh, I couldn't help but notice that you... Your, your own shit is, you've been masturbating with your own shit, you said that? <laughs> I thought back to uh, how I would do it. I would never do it with my own shit, because it's gross. <laughs> um, and also, any shit at all would be gross to masturbate with, because uh, it is shit. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I just it's not coming together. It's not coming together. Mrs. Columbo, I told her about it at dinner, and she she's kicked me out of the house for a couple days. <laughs> So I'm going to be here in your hair. I'm sorry to be in your hair, but Mrs. Columbo kicked me out of the house because I, I told her about what you told me. And it just, well, what goes around comes around, literally in your case, what goes around comes gets cummed upon. <laughs> this is the Columbo's deleted scene. Yeah, Columbo's, like, oh God. Deep, deep cuts. That show is so fun to watch. You know, I, ha- really I don't think bad. I've ever seen it. Is it great? Watch it. It's great in the sense where it's very relaxing. But it's also great because it's the kind of thing where certain parts of it you'd never see in modern TV because mm-hmm. audiences are so savvy now. And be like, oh, that guy just feigned unlocking that. Like, no mm-hmm. one would people would see that now, or just some, sort of the stuff they Back get away then they with. Just overlook it. Yeah, because it's TV and right. sort of things are. I don't know. There's, there's people audiences weren't savvy, but there's also mm-hmm. stuff where you can't be, believe how much it's still like a performance. Like, wow, that person's performance is really interesting mm. and still really compelling and good. Mm-hmm. Like Peter Falk's always good, mm-hmm. just because he's just the fact he plays this guy who's humble. Okay. It's such a cool thing that he's like able to be. I feel like it's like true subversion is what he's doing. Is he's being humble and he's playing the fool and he's tricking people into confessing or to to um, not perjuring themselves but to incriminate themselves mm-hmm. by acting such in such a low status that they want to um, lord over him and so they fucking. They do it to, so they always do it to themselves. So it's like a rope a dope type situation. Yeah. That's really interesting. But it's such a I think about it, I'm like, that's how you should live life, right? Is you should be yeah. a person who um let, let someone else dig their own fucking grave, you know, because they For will. Sure. Cause all because people want status so much. I mean, 
They want sadness so badly that if you just let them fight to get it, they'll eventually burn themselves out on that. Let them do it. Yeah. I mean, do everything you can to help your loved ones and friends right. not do that to themselves. Exactly. But you can't. You can't stop it. Right. It's, but if you can, if you can be like, if you have that interference going on, it's it's like, yeah, let that person. It's like it's like the whole idea of road rage because yeah, I, I sometimes I get road rage. I think everyone does, right? It's like I think a, everyone does in certain there's moods. Some, there's some sort of mammalian part of your brain mm -hmm. that territorial like, thing. Yeah, it yeah. switches on, and you become defensive in this position where you're like, "Wait a second, I'm in a fucking car. Someone could die here." Yeah. But it's that thing where if you all of a sudden be like Columbo, you're like, "Oh, you let the person. You kind of kill them with kindness in a way. You know, people. You ever notice that if you're like." If someone gets mad at you and flips you off, if you are the opposite, sometimes it makes them even more enraged. Oh, like, yeah. Hi. I do that every time. Yeah, if you wave. I mean, yeah, I always wave. Yeah. Uh, I, I wave when I'm trying to get in. I mean, I, I've severely reduced my <laughs> personal road rage yeah. just by doing mini exercises like that. Really? Waving to people, making eye contact, yeah. treating it as more of a humanistic experience rather right. than this like intense. Competition. Yeah, this bizarre competition where there are no winners. Yeah, there's definitely no winners. There's definitely no winners. I feel like we're all Never losers, been a actually. Yeah, just a whole lot of losers. <laughs> we're right just there. we're actively losing. That's what driving is: is actively <laughs> yeah. losing. It's a collective act of loss. Dude, I cannot <laughs> wait for self-driving car. That's like the thing really? I'm most excited about beyond almost anything else. Do you know what I can't wait to do? I can't wait to deface a self-driving car with, <laughs> with a fucking crowbar. <laughs> like you know, that's gonna happen. There's gonna be people who are so pissed at him, and I'm gonna be like. I'll help you guys out a little bit because I kind of do when I just something about it where it's like, cause I really think at some point there's going to be a human robot showdown. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's, it's just the nature of time. Right. That's like what supposedly is going to be the next great war, right? The it will. people who are with the robots and those who are against. Because them. it's a thing where you have to, I don't know. There's a, I think there's a couple ways it could happen because the, the hundred percent optimistic way is that, there's a singularity that happens where human consciousness merges with, um, with um, robotics, and right. we are all one big happy collective family, and we're able to exist forever, right. and all this sort of thing. And even though that would actually be kind of terrible, because that would be never just death is the well, because it would it would take away the right. value of human life, yeah, and we would be living in this. Comp I mean, it wouldn't be life anymore. Which is why I think that what what actually will happen is that we'll eventually humans will be destroyed by robots because the thing that robots is such an old word, but I guess I'm going to say robots because I don't like know nanotechnology, to say. nanotechnology, or, yeah. because basically we already are nanotechnology. That's what right. we, we already are that. But so what happens is, is that the fact that we die, we can't, there's not enough time for humans to acclimate to Maybe there, maybe there is. Maybe it will happen over the next the thousand years. We'll slowly live longer and longer and longer, mm -hmm. and we're able to acclimate to it and 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 um, what do you call it? Evolve to being okay with living long long periods of time and mm -hmm. not not causing this weird disturbance. But there's also the idea that if you think about it, there's what makes something alive. There's no there's no definition. It's like a selfish selfish definition that humans have decided what makes Conscious, human special. Human consciousness, Yeah, we, we've decided that. Yeah. The human consciousness or things that are like human consciousness are more valuable because they're like humans. Sure. So it's just like a super, what's that called? Um, Self-centric. Xenophobic. Or, you know, what are we called? Myopic. Or what do you call it? Oh, it's like yeah. a very like uh, 
looking inwards. It's not a very broad worldview. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, there's nothing to say that um, like this little recorder is any less alive than us. It's just it's not alive in the same way. Exactly. So once machines start to be able to to govern themselves and create themselves, mm-hmm. they're just as alive as humans, and they will destroy humans. Right. And humans will be will be the thing that used to be around, and exactly. the thing that's here now is is just the new life. It's just we don't happen to be. We'll we'll always be a part of those things. We'll always be a part of those robots because we created them. So mm-hmm. we'll always be like this. The echo, the soul echo of humanity will be exists in there. So I guess humans will exist to some extent, but essentially humankind as we know it will probably, I think we'll probably all be destroyed. Yeah. I'd say that's very likely. Yeah. Um, it's going to take a long time. But, yeah. It's going to take a while, yeah. but it, I'd say it's very likely. And I think it's exciting. It, it's ex- an exciting time to be alive right now right. as we, every day we, you know, this merger takes place yeah, more and more. It's like the first couple steps out of the puddle. Yeah, exactly. So we're still fairly safe overall. Yeah, I think we're pretty. We're pretty goddamn. We're getting safe. more benefits yeah. than costs at the moment, and uh, yeah, that's only going to continue exponentially throughout our lifetime. Mm-hmm. And that that's very exciting. And I hope I hope robots are tight. Maybe robots will like you know meditate and stuff. Yeah, and maybe they they won't have the the anger and the. Uh, Maybe that's the thing. Maybe that's what makes robots great. It's great is they don't uh, they don't have to meditate because they're always always enlightened. Yeah, they're like basically we're the things that are fucked up and shitty. It's because they're like they're constantly enlightened. Maybe. Yeah, because we got some like fucked up DNA yeah. somehow during like the Big Bang. Yeah, like, we've, we've got Ted Bundy's. <laughs> yeah, you know? there's Ted some Bundy. Weird Ted Bundy sperm out there. There's this guy named Ted Bundy who lied till his death about what he did. Yeah, and then laughed about it and like that's. And he was good at it. Like, it's weird that he did that, you know? Ugh. He's also kind of, it's easy to empathize with him in a way. Yeah. It's very, it's a very complicated story we live, Johnny. Exactly. What's your website? Uh, my website is jweingarten.horse. This is not a normal website. Well, it's a little kooky. It's not a normal website. This yeah. is an entertainment website. <laughs> it's a it's an, an entertainment experience. This is not a website that you go check for ticket prices. This is not a website where you go and be like, oh, um, where can I see his Twitter and his Tumblr in the same place? Nah. No, this is an entertainment website. It's not Ticketmaster. It's not Ticketmaster. This is not affiliated with Ticketmaster in any way. This is not kayak.com. No. It is not a lot aggregate. of people come in looking for kayak.com. <laughs> And uh, actually, I, I'm able to search. I don't know if you do right. ever on your website, but like you can search for where people are coming. Yeah. And in the last uh, week, I've had several visitors from different countries in Eastern Europe. Right. I got Serbia. Wow. I got uh, Poland. And I got the Russian Federation. Is this from some of your experimentation with, um, with um, promoting uh, certain videos? It's possible. Okay. I, I'm really not exactly sure how they get there. I guess Makes I couldn't sense. do more research, but whatever. Horse is the website. And uh, yeah, constantly trying to update it. Is know. there other other outlets, other media outlets people can check in to see? What uh, other outlets yeah. on the internet? Yeah, other like Jay Weingarten um, things. Well, yeah, I mean, just friend me on Facebook. From uh, Facebook. If you're in Chicago, uh, I this is an exciting... Thing. Uh, I'm going to Chicago in about two weeks. Um, I think it's June 18th. 
and going with Doug, our friend Doug, and our friend Mikey. Right. Uh, So, yeah, DJ Doug Pound, Mikey What are you guys going to do there? We're going to do, like, two or three shows. Where are you going to do them? What's that? Where are you going to do them? Uh, There's one place uh, called Co-Prosperity Sphere. Got it. Some art zones, I think. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) something like that. Uh, Maybe the hideout? Uh, Maybe. I don't think the maybe height. Heaven Gallery. Heaven perform, Gallery, yeah, yeah, that's another I one. There I think with Josh. Doug's doing a oh with Josh Fadum. Yeah, we did a show there. Oh, that's that great. Was great. They're great people. I think uh, Doug was asked to DJ, so I think nice. we might be doing DJ sets. Cool. I've never done that before. DJ sets are it's the new thing, man. DJ set is the new performance. Do you like? I mean, do you do it? Do I do DJ sets? Yeah. Um, not really, but I used to do it. All. I used to DJ a lot. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I don't DJ anymore because I don't like to bring turntables to places. Yeah. So if you have them, I'll bring them. But I'm just uh, I'm an old man with records. And yeah. uh, I should I should, I should should move beyond that. I should try to get more stuff. It's hard, though, because it's hard to get stuff on MP3. It's like mm. work. It's like, I'll have all these things on record, and it's to get them on MP3 is like, oh, God. Yeah, it takes Simple time. Simple as that. But you know what? Time is passion. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I think I think uh, you you've been in a duet crew video before, right? I think so. Or you're you're going to be in? Oh, possibly. One, yeah. At least maybe yeah. the next one. Um, so check out two wet crew. Two wet crew. Abroad. It's a show at the Satellite. Right. On the second Sunday of the month in Los Angeles. Come to Los Angeles, everybody. Yeah. Jay Weingarten, of course. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Johnny. Closing it up. National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.